Welcome everybody to the Minimap Cast. This is your bi-weekly source of gaming news, questions, and impressions from minimap.com.au. My name is Kerry Palmer. Joining me as always is June Williams. <coughs> Hello. <Sorry. laughs> and Jeremy Pratt. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I actually have to cough though, so if you if you hear me go, <laughs> it's it's probably not a joke. <laughs> um, that was I was that was not a joke by me. That was just want to make that clear. Yes, no, I know. I just happened to catch you at the, just the just the. I thought you were right going to introduce ball. Jeremy first. I never get introduced first. Yes, you do. No, I don't. No, like it's, it's been a I, while since I introduced Jeremy first. I think. Yeah, I think okay. it's been a few weeks. Yeah, I'm not no. like I'm mad about it. I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not mad about it. Just pointing it out. Just I'm in just, case. Did you know that? Just, just a thing that I've noticed. How's everyone's April been? It's May. It's May. Yeah, but we just did all of April. I'm not going to ask how your May has been. We haven't had it yet. I've had a week of it. <laughs> How's your last week been? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you didn't You're ask right. me about my April. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. Listen. There are uh, games coming out now. We're finally at the part of the year where there are games being released. I know, right? It's weird. There was a there was a there was a good lull for a moment, and it was the best. It was so relaxing to be able to catch up on games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Back in you know, you just have to do that to yourself. Huh? Now we're staring down. Sorry, what were you saying? Now you know you don't have to do that to yourself. I don't understand. <laughs> Who? Pretty sure what? I do. <laughs> uh, now we're counting down to the uh, the second week of June, where Final Fantasy VII Integrate comes out, and then twenty four hours later, Ratchet and Clank comes out. So that's uh It's gonna be well. I mean, I, I, I am I am I am with June that I am I am also looking forward to Resident Evil Eight. Oh um, yeah, that too. I keep forgetting about it because it's just not on my radar. <laughs> yeah, I don't, like I, I, that game looks pretty fucking tight. Like I'm, yes. I'm really excited for that game. Like Very way good. more than I was excited for Seven. Oh, just skipping ahead, my timer here. I hope the story. I hope the story is good. I really do. Yeah, I, don't, I, I don't really care. I kind of just want it to be like fun. Like if yeah. it's if it, if it's like okay, there's 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 two ways it can go, which can be good. Anything in between is going to be bad. It can either be like a really genuinely good story, or it can be schlock. And if yeah. if it's schlock, then I'm I'm there for it. And if it's great, then I'm also there for it. Anywhere in between, nah. The the thing is, I like quite enjoyed Seven Story in the end. So like, I hope they. I mean, it's not going to be a similar game. I don't think. I think they're making it more early Resident Evil style, but like. It just looks really big too. Like, there's looks yeah. like there's a lot of places you can go. It's not just like the mansion, which is like, like really surprising. There's a there's a village. Is there? Hmm. No more spoilers, please. <laughs> Sorry, it's not called Resident Evil Mansion. You can't fit V I I I into that word. Oh, I still love that fucking font treatment so much. <laughs> I, it's it's like every time I see it, it's so pleasing. It's such an outstanding job at like working the word village into fucking eight. Well, it was very clever when they when they incorporated it into Resident Evil Seven, where the evil had the the VII thing. Yeah, um, that was that was clever. Um, let, because let's then it also it. in that one really quick. Because then that also works because you can also shorten it to RE Seven, and it it still it flows through well. 
Um, mm. But yeah, like this one works just as well. Uh. So, yes, this is the Minimap Cast. This is usually every two weeks. We've had a bit of a break, a bit of a, some, some scheduling snafus. Turns out it's not as easy to do this as it once used to be to, to line up all three of our schedules, but we're making it happen. Um, this is minimap.com.au's bi-weekly podcast. We talk about games. We talk about news and stuff. We talk about what we've been playing. We ask some questions. It's a good time. If you want... Uh, some more deep dive conversations on singular game topics. We have our game club podcast, the game spoilers podcast. Uh, next episode of that coming is the occupation, I think with special guest and friend of the show, Byron. Uh, so watch out for that one in the coming weeks, end of May, right, Jeremy? I think that yeah, that's what that's, that's what we're aiming. Yeah. So if, if Ratchet and Clank has come out, then you'll know you can go and find the occupation podcast. Uh, you can also find our Pecking Order podcast, which is our kissability uh, ranking in pop culture podcast. Uh, we have a lot of fun with that one. Um, if you want to support the show, you can rate the podcast on your service of choice that you use it on. Uh, you can also head to the website, find reviews and those other podcasts and stuff like that. It should uh, be on every single podcast service now. If it's not on one you listen to, let me know and I'll add it. I had went through yeah. a bunch of ones recently to make sure they're all on there. And I think I got them all. But if you <laughs> have one, Pokemon. let me know. Like a like Pokemon. A... <laughs> uh, yeah, just tweet at one of us and we'll figure it out. We'll all pass the information on to Jeremy who can figure it out for us. And um, <laughs> uh, we just wanted, wanted to also say thank you to Shook for letting us use uh, the part of the song, the Moog Model, the Improv, which is from uh, Shook's YouTube channel. As the music for the Minimap cast, you can find uh, more of Shook's music at shook.bandcamp.com. Uh, their music's great. We love them. Um Oh, and just just a disclaimer, you've probably noticed it if you're this far in, but we are recording remotely. There's a little bit of a delay, with, um, but, you know, it's not the first time, it won't be the last time, and we're just, we're just rolling with it. Uh, I don't know who, I don't know what to start with. Um, I've got a good number of things here. I kind of, let, let's let's do the new, the new stuff. So last week, Pokemon right. Snap and Returnal came out. I haven't played either of them, <laughs> but Jeremy has. Um, hey, both of them. I'm keen to hear about them. What do you want to start with, Jeremy? Uh, I'll start with Returnal because I was playing it about an hour ago. Um, Returnal is the roguelike from Housemark, the studio behind one of my favorite games on the PS4, I guess. I like that game a lot. It was Resogun. Resogun was really good. <laughs> I guess. Resogun was, the, Resogun was like I think the first game on the PS4 that I liked. There are a lot of games yeah. on launch that came out that were like not that good. Um, like Knack and Call of Duty Ghosts and Contrast and a bunch, like a bunch of other games that was like not great. But Resogun was sick. Resogun was like a sick arcade game where you pick up little little dudes and you save them from a planet being attacked by aliens. You're a little flying yeah. ship and there's a ton of particle effects and like look how many cubes you can render on the screen in a given moment. Housemark are known for their technical art- artistry. Um, and Returnal is a showcase of what they could do on the PS5. Um, it is a roguelike where you are a third-person astronaut. Um, sorry, an astronaut in third person. Um, <laughs> uh, and you're going through different zones, um, shooting like aliens that are on this planet, and then you die, and it's you like wake up again, like, <gasps> and then like, you just go through this, like uh, you go through the map again, but it's it's changed because it's a roguelike, and you're character is remembering their death. So it's very um, edge of tomorrow, Groundhog Day type thing. Um, the shooting is good. Um, I 
the 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 aesthetic is the world of the aesthetic of the world is quite good. It's very like HR Geiger alien, like very alien one dark kind like like sci-fi gothic whatever that middle mm. ground is um but it's also it's it's more overrun it's a little bit more wild there's like like the, the structures are more templistic less than actually built up cities um still like like the forest like there's like rocks and cliffs and and stuff um it's hard it's a hard game um i i don't i don't Uh-oh. love it i feel like aren't all roguelikes hard is that just me they are when like like, i think they are when we're at the beginning because because death is such a big thing in roguelikes and they want to give you like different things to try out they make death maybe faster than a usual game would um Mm. they, they won't go out of their way to save you in a roguelike because they know it doesn't matter and they and and the player begins to realize that death is part of the game and it's not the worst thing in the world to die in a roguelike um I think I think one of the one of the things that make this one makes this one a little bit different is that there's a there's very few things you can do in between runs to prepare you for the next one. Um, as far where I'm at in the game, there's only one resource that carries across um, to give myself a permanent upgrade, and it doesn't actually upgrade anything in my person. It just unlocks a new item to be thrown into the item pool. Um, I love that. <laughs> you just I, you just spoke straight to my heart. <laughs> like I, I, I like that too, but I think I would prefer it if there was more things for me to build towards in between runs. Because currently, you know, it, like roguelikes, roguelike. Okay, is that well, roguelite or roguelike? So the the difference of definition there. Yeah. Roguelike is more like rogue in that there's next to no persistence between runs. Whereas a roguelite is that you have to start your runs over every time you die, but okay. there is some sort of overarching level of progression that you are working towards each time that I think Rogue Legacy was one of the first ones that really put that forward. It was like each time you die, you take your gold back with you, upgrade your base, which gives you better starting health, better weapons when you start, more options to do this, that, and the other, which makes it easier for you to get further. Um, gotcha. So that's, that's what roguelite is, that overall progression layer. Right, so th- th- there there is not much of that progression layer, at least where I'm at at the moment. I th- I think after you beat the first boss, you can. Um, there is something else you can do, which I think it's like it's either maximum health or it's it's something else that your suit will get. Um, which is more traditional, like Hades Dead Cells type up, uh, meta upgrade, meta progression. Um, but. Yeah, it's it, it's weird because it is such a loot-based game and it is such a, like, trying to find, like, a better weapon or trying to find some items that will help you along your way. And, I'll, like, I feel like sometimes I'll go through a run and I'll get to the boss um, and I won't have, like, enough stuff to be able to meaningfully have a go at it sometimes. Um and and then it gets then it gets sort of frustrating because then I like I don't know what I was doing wrong aside from just like like you know like obviously being better at the game help, helps but like like I feel like sometimes the game doesn't give you maybe enough opportunities to actually go on to fight the the boss of the stage for example, um, so it's 
like I, I've seen conversations online about about how the RNG works in this game, and some people being more critical about it than others. Um, I am not the biggest fan of how the RNG works because I, I I would like a little bit more control over at least something in the game that isn't just my moment to moment shooting ability. So, yeah, I, I I still don't know how I feel about it. I think I think the price of it is rough. Um, it's far too much fucking money. Um, and that's not a like, Hey, roguelike shouldn't be this money. I'm saying games shouldn't be $125. Um, yeah, I didn't pay 125 for it. I paid 108 off Amazon. Um, that's still still too much. It's, it's, that's still too much. And like, I think this is the beginning of the real battle actually between Microsoft and, and Sony where, Sony are starting to charge more money for their games and Xbox are saying play them on Game Pass. Um, and I would feel more inclined, I think, to feel like this game is worth what I'm putting into it if I could play it on Game Pass. That way I can pick it up and put it down if I don't like it. Whereas I feel like I need to give this game more of a shot than what I maybe would initially do if I didn't pay 100 20 well if i did 108 dollars for it um especially when there are other games on the ps5 that are coming out that are like like how much was spider-man spider-man was 100 or 110 when it came Spider-Man out was 95 dollars if you didn't get the version with uh spider-man oh, right. yeah sure right um but like you know demon souls was 125 demon souls was 125 um like Assassin's Creed is still ninety, I think, when they yeah, when they come out. Ninety nine, yeah, yeah. Um, and, but like they go like as a minimum, um, seventy nine when they come out on stores like Amazon and Big W. You know what came out at 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 eighty nine ninety five? Balan Wonderworld. <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> that absolutely. I'm so still curious. I'm still so so curious to play that game. Yeah, I, I really want to know. I don't know. It's a lot of money. It's it's dropped to half price already. Um, it's only it's now been out like, for like 40, three weeks. Yeah, it's it's already <laughs> like fifty bucks. Um, maybe when it gets a little bit cheaper, when it gets to like thirty, I might pick it up. So like uh, may, maybe in like an hour or so. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like Returnal looks really good. Like the controller, it, it does some cool things with the with the DualSense. Um, it'll give me like an audio notification. I'm sorry, I'm burping a lot because I had a milkshake with Kalura in it before and now it's like... <laughs> um, uh, it does some cool things to the dual sense where like I've got an alternate fire that has a, a cooldown on it. Um, the cooldown, I, I will be like, I will be told when the cooldown is ready to be used again by a, a sound in the controller, which is very distinct. Um, the downside is the UI that actually lets me know when the cooldown is done is minuscule and I can't fucking see it and I have a giant TV and I still can't fucking see it because it's tiny. Um, the UI in this game is not good. I do not like it. It is not accessible and fucking does my head in. There are wow. so many tiny little things in the UI that I hate and I turn the scale up to maximum in this game. Um, and the way the triggers work in the game is interesting because the way I can activate alternate fire is bringing down the trigger all the way. If I, if, if I, if I aim down the sights halfway, I will fire normally. If I aim down the, the sights all the way, then alternate fire activates as I look down the sights and I can use my um, alternate fire, which is a lot stronger than my single fire, um, which is interesting. 
Um, I think that system works pretty well and it's pretty fun. Um, the dashing is really fun. It's a really fast game, which I like a lot. Like you're running really quickly throughout the world. So like you could be in the middle of a fight and it's bullet hell style, like enemies are shooting a ton of projectiles at you in every direction. You're jumping and dashing and weaving around everything. And you can just get the fuck out of there really quick. Cause you can see a health item on the other side of the zone you're in, grab it and then run straight back in within like four seconds. Um, that stuff is really good. It's like, I think the actual structure of the game, I don't quite enjoy as much. And I wonder if this game would maybe benefit from not actually being a procedurally generated world. Um, I don't know how much it really, like the story is still like, it's still being told to me. Um, I don't really know anything about the main character. I don't know anything about like where they, where they are, what they doing. Um, I was in the middle of a zone and there was just like a regular ass house in the middle of everything. Um, and then I found a key and went inside and it turned into PT for about five minutes where I was walking <laughs> around and there was a, there was an astronaut that was showing up for a moment and disappearing. Like I was in uh observer observation, whatever that, whatever observation. That was, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. It, yeah, I don't know. I don't love it. I really want to like it a lot, but I don't. Um, and I, I wonder how much of the price of admission is really wanting me to like it more than I actually do. Um, right. You've invested X amount, so you should give it X amount of a go. Yeah. So, yeah. At the well, moment, it's it- sitting at like a six, five, seven out of ten. That's in your head. Not great. Yeah. Like it it's fine. It's competent. The gunplay is good, but everything else around it I'm I kind of don't really care for. Um and the runs are long. The runs are really long. And so when I die, I wake up with a pea shooter again. And I'm like, uh time to build everything back up again. Yeah. Which is, you know, that's that's the roguelike. That's a roguelike that's a roguelike genre. That's how it is. There's so many they, Isaac runs or Dead Cells runs where you where you find a really neat synergy and something that's completely transformative. Yes. And you're like, man, that was great. And I and I and I trounce the final boss on the way in and takes me back to the menu. I want to start again. And you start out as base level Isaac with with 3.5 damage and the the tears that suck and it's just standard. And you're just like, oh yeah, I've got to recalibrate because this isn't that run I just had. But I, th- I think maybe the issue is with games like Isaac, games like Dead Cells, games like Hades, I don't like, and like Splunky to a lesser extent, because Splunky is a little bit more traditional, but like, there's not a whole lot of synergy going on in the game. There's a couple of things that mesh together, but for the most part, a lot of it is like, your weapon does this, but like, if I pick up an item that's like, weapon, uh, say I pick up an item that's... um. It's a good example. Like increases my maximum health by 40% or whatever. The the negative effect of that will be every time I pick up an item, I like um, take damage or something like that. Um, or it'll be from now on, all future guns will be at a higher level, um, but I will start taking four damage. Um, and there's not a whole lot of like, you know when you're like in like a really good Hades or Isaac run where you find something that's like really fun like you find something that like that clicks in a way that like they didn't plan for this but they set up the systems that it's possible 
and then you find something that like really like really changes your like feelings about the run that you're having like oh this will be good actually and you start building your own strategy in your head about what you're going to do to enter a zone like like oh like i do a lot of damage when i dash for example so i'm just going to run into a, like every time i enter a new zone with enemies i'm going to dash around do a bunch of damage and then leave and then pick them off at the end or something like that right i haven't found any of that in this game a lot of it has just been reliant on my ability to shoot good um and i don't have that like like I've, I, I haven't had a sick build mm. and I don't know what I'm building towards because I never know what's going to happen next. And the things don't interact in a way that makes me want to have a build. I just look at everything individually as well. Currently I'm getting killed a lot. So I want something which will give me a lot of health. Oh, I would like to uh, have better weapons because my weapon currently is weak and I'll take the trade off for that one as well or whatever like that. And so I'm not really building anything. I'm just sort of like, changing my individual stats for each run that I'm in. Right. I'll be interested to see how you feel about it when you get further in. Um. Yeah. Like, I, I, and I, I did Google what the other zones look like because I was like, if, if every, if every zone is going to look like Gothic alien, um, then I'm, I'm kind of out. Um, but the, the zones do drastically change what the world looks like. Um, I think, which is, which is good. How many hours did you say you'd played? Sorry, my Google home just started talking to me. Um, <laughs> I'm uh, probably about five or six, maybe less, okay. maybe, f- yeah, That's probably a about five. Amount, yeah, to have an opinion. Mm. I think. Mm. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So. I'm interested to give it a go. Yeah. As the uh, as the resident, uh, roguelike, Rogue. tragic. Yeah. Are you interested <laughs> to give it a hundred and twenty five dollar go? No, but I work at a place where I get a discount, so I don't have to worry about it. Sure, but the discount's going to only bring it down to $100. Yeah, sounds great. That's a lot of money. It's cheaper than anyone else got it for. <laughs> it is. And I like it roguelikes, is. you know? I know, I know. I, I know you like roguelikes. That, that's why Did I was Did you know that I like that. roguelikes? <laughs> Did you know that I like Aragon? <laughs> Aragon roguelikes. Um, it's, it's, it's too much. Un, it's too much market. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've also been playing Pokemon Snap. Um, that game is fun and cute and silly. Um, I, I'm not too far into it. I've played less of that than I have um, Returnal. Um, but it's from what I played, it's 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 quite sweet and fun. Um, it's cool to just be in the world with Pokemon as opposed to like the world of Pokemon, um, which is how every Pokemon game begins. Um, so like it's, it's You're not funny enslaving to s- anything. You're not making them fight. <laughs> no, it, it's very, it's very charmingly um, scientific what, what you're doing. It's, it's purely for research purposes. Um, just throwing apples at a Pikachu's head until it does something funny. So I could take a photo of it, like a, like some, like, like some dumbass American at like a zoo in another country, just like, hey, do something for my camera or whatever. And then they get to um, eat the apple. And then they do get to eat the apple, um, which is which is funny. Um, you don't realize how big some Pokemon are. Yo, Dugdrio, fuck, no, no. Uh, yeah, Dugdrio, what's the what's the evolution of Doduo? Uh, Three-headed bird. Dugdrio, that's not it. Hang on, I'll Google it. Yeah, because Dugdrio is an evolution of Dugdrio. Dugdrio is Diglett. Yeah, evolution. yeah. What's the other D- one? Dugdrio. 
Dodrio. Dodrio. So there's Doduo uh, and Dodrio, which is what? like trio, but it's D. Oh, Dre. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Dodrio. Anyway, that thing's fucking huge and terrifying. It's like <laughs> nine feet tall or whatever. Like emu. It's like a, it's like a huge emu. It's like a three headed um, Lady Dimitrescu. Pincer? You know, Pincer's like six foot tall. What? Yeah. yeah. No bug no should be that big. Those mouth bits. Yeah. No um, I got a photo of an apple halfway through a pincer's mouth and I was like, ah, oh, there's an apple. Like, it's, it's great. Um, Jeremy, have you seen a scyther? Uh, yes. I think, I think I saw one recently. Very exciting. Can you put your, for, for the cover picture of this episode, can you put your favorite picture that you've taken as a cover? Sure. Th- yes, absolutely. Excellent. Absolutely. Um, Litibas are really big also. Really? Uh, yeah, they're huge. They're like five feet tall, maybe. I just think bugs with, should like, be bug fists? sized. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, sorry, what, Karen? Are they the ones with like the little fist hands? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they've got like goggle faces. Yeah, those. Yeah, those are big ones. Mm. Um, also, Grookey is tiny. Grookey's the size of Grookey's the size of Pikachu, and they hang out a lot when they're inside the thing. And I take photos <laughs> of them together. Isn't um, it, isn't it Grookey and Pikachu like a I've seen like the first area. Uh, oh, it, it might, no, it might have been Pikachu. Sorry, yeah, not Pikachu. Um, yeah, it's 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 fun. It's it's cute. It's it's weird because I think they try and lean into the art stuff a little bit, um, which I think is is strange considering the game is very like science based, um, and it's very like for research you must go and take a poke a picture of this Pokemon, um, doing a pose. Yeah, but then they like rate the picture, and I'm like. <laughs> like I, I wonder like this this is like this is just me like fantasizing but like having a having a game where you're there to take pictures of the pokemon because you're like part of an like the, an art the club Instagram clout. yeah well like i mean like not not quite that but more like just like <laughs> just for the love of art of pokemon i think that would be really quite cool um because it's it's really strange to give the professor exactly what he wants and then rate and then he rates it one star or whatever. Um, they they do some cool things where like you'll go through the same route multiple times and the the area will like change. But like so, area one has three different variants. It has daytime, nighttime, and it has like l- luminous time, which is like a, a third variant of it. Um, but in between. Every time I go into daytime, it'll be a little bit different as well, additionally, which is cool. So I went through once and I went through, I went past like a river and there were a bunch of Bidoofs. And then on the left side, there was like some um, pincers and there was a hoot hoot in the tree and everything. And then I went through the daytime again and the Bidoofs had actually made a dam. And then the route actually changed a little bit where I went over the dam and I started taking photos of the little Bidoofs heads poking out the top of the dam looking at me. <gasps> Um, I love it's, it's so good. It's really good. It's, it's adorable. So it's good to actually have those evolving um, parts of the map, not just in the daytime, nighttime stuff, but actually in uh, inside those specific timeframes as well. Um, cause I was worried because to unlock nighttime, you have to get a certain amount of points in daytime. And I was worried I was going to have to go through the exact same thing multiple times to get it. Um, but they do change it up in between, which I'm glad about. I think that's a great idea. Um, yep. It's, it's charming. It's, it's, it's very, very sweet. Um, there's no pesta balls, which were in the original, um, which is interesting. Um, 
uh, but the 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 main character from from it is, which is which is funny, and he's 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 older now. He's like a like a man. What's his name? Todd. Todd. Yeah, Todd. <laughs> um, he shows up in two thousand and one name if I've ever heard it. Yeah, Todd. <laughs> um. So yeah. It's it's good. I like it. It's 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 cute and sweet. It's got good music. It looks nice. It, it, I, I'm I'm so glad it looks better than when it first got revealed. I was I was worried about it when it first got revealed, and they they've tightened it up enough that it like it looks it looks very charming. Mm. That's good. You yeah, know, I, mm. I was a bit worried about it too. I, I was kind of on the fence about the game until I the reviews came out and I watched the IGN review, which was nice. I'm like, oh, this is really sweet. I'm watching the projector. It's like, oh, this could be fun to play on the projector, and then. Like they did like one of the transitions, I went to like the next section and over it was playing the um which must have been a remix of the original music from the first game. And I'm like, oh <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> um, weirdly enough, the UI transitions are extremely Nintendo direct. Oh right. <laughs> They're the big arrow side wipes that go across, and I feel like I'm gonna hear like up next, a world of Pokemon, oh it's you now. <laughs> or like whatever. And like there'll be like the announcement guy, and then it'll be like um but yeah like it's i'm 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 liking it It, it's fun Hmm. cool uh do you want to talk about apex now as well yeah let's 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 get into a little bit i you played a little bit yeah i i didn't get to play as much as you did um Mm. but the so today uh 5th of may for us 4th of may for the rest of the world uh the new apex season released uh, season nine legacy with the new hero the new legend valkyrie who is the daughter of one of the uh apex predators from the second titanfall 2 game that was the other game i played titanfall 2 keep going i'll, I'll wrap around to it really quick okay no worries um and uh but that's not all like that's that's normal you know there's a map takeover and things are changing they're introducing a brand new 3v3 arenas mode um which is fascinating. It's got like a buy mm. phase, like Counter Strike or Valorant, where you have to you have to buy your weapons at the start of each round and your meds and your tactical abilities. Did you play it? Did you play the three v three mode today? Yeah, well, that's yep, yep. we, we, we played did. a bit today. Yeah, go on. Sorry, it's it's fascinating. It's it's really interesting. It's fast. So the way the way it works is, uh, it's the first to, it's the first team to three with a lead of two or more. Right, so if if it gets to three two, that's not a win. You have to get to four two. Um, yeah. If it gets to two zero, that's not a win. You have to get to three zero or three one. Um, yeah. And it can go to four four, and that's like eight. That's been eight rounds, and then the ninth round is like a sudden death tiebreaker. Yeah, um, it's like tennis. <laughs> four all, love deuce. Well, well, if if you get to yeah, if, if you get to like forty four deuce, then you got to get Wicked an advantage. Keeper. Sorry, go on. That's not tennis. <laughs> if you get to if you get if you get to juice, then you need an advantage, and then you got to win that advantage point to to win the yeah. to win the the, the game. That's a, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um. And then yeah, so every time you go through each round, like you get a certain amount of materials which you use to buy your weapons. Each thing you get more materials as each round progresses. You can pick materials up in the game. Um. You can save points and spend them on the next round. You can get more points for getting kills. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. I probably played like an hour, an hour and a half. Um, 
The thing that gets me is it's very fast. Because the game can be over in three rounds, as little as three rounds, um, what they've said in their, like, dev posts is, like, oh, this means that teams won't get steamrolled for 25 minutes straight having to go through, like, 10 round slogs, which is good. Because the rounds where it is even, they will go longer. Um, mm. um, we, you know, with the trade back and forth of the rounds. But it does mean that sometimes, like, I feel like I'm only just getting into the swing of it or, like, I don't really get to know the, like, profile of the other team. I don't get to be like, oh, there's someone who always goes to this section or there's someone who who um, always fights with this weapon when they get enough uh, materials or there's someone who always goes for the meds in the middle of the map and stuff like that. I feel like I don't quite get to know the team very well in those early games. Um, mm. But it does do the thing, I think, quite well, which I was really hoping it would, which is let me practice my gunfights. <laughs> Yes, yes, it it really, really does. Because so often I really wish I could jump into the firing range and practice against live targets that are running, jumping, moving towards you, moving away from you, getting up a zipline, flying off, falling off a zipline, pr- protecting their friends, peeking just over a head. Like I just, I want all of those permutations to practice against. But in the Battle Royale mode, you land and it's either a hot drop and you're dead or it's a hot drop and that's not what like real fighting in Apex is. And then you don't see them for 10 minutes and then you just get steamrolled or, you know, occasionally you get a bit of a roll on and you, you'd have some good fights with some teams, but it's, it's rarer than it is that you just don't see anyone until it's over basically. Mm. So I love that this just lets you fight, you just fight and fight and fight. Um, yeah. Cause like a lot of the apex fights, like when you have a good apex fight, like, that's that's even. I I th- I think that the, like the thing that really makes a difference is that like the fights are always even. It is always three v three, and the amount of times that we're playing, um, regular battle royale Apex, and it's like, it'll be like a three v three fight, and then there'll be like a third team that come in and like like either like come from another flank, and then I'll be fucked because then I'm fighting two teams at once, um, and I will just get like basically overwhelmed because you you can't fight two teams at once a lot of the times in Apex. The 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 advantage the other two teams have on you is just so much greater um, that it's so it's so difficult to win those fights or even just survive that an even fight in this game feels so tight and it really brings through a lot of the well-roundedness that the heroes have. Um, I think it's actually really complementing a lot of the heroes' abilities and how useful basically everyone can be. Um, there are no heroes in this game that are like bad. Um, which is a wild concept for a game that adds a hero every six months or so. Um, Less three months. Yeah, right. Um, so th- they've done a they've done a great job at it, um, and I'm also really loving the economy stuff inside of the arenas mode as well. Um, so in Apex, you can get materials to then craft certain items, um, which are on a rotation. Um, but in this one, you have a Counter Strike shop um, where every round you can buy you choose what guns you buy and attachments, well, like level of gun. And then that determines what attachments you have on the gun and your abilities for your hero also have must be purchased. So you'll get one go at your tactical ability, which is your active one. Um, and your passive ability you have throughout the entire game as well. Um, but you have to buy your alt, for example, and then you only get one use in that game and then you don't get it in the next game. Um, which is really interesting because you can't charge up your ult and hide somewhere, wait for you to have it and then win the round. You have to buy it beforehand, hope that you use it to then win that round because you might act, buy it, use it and die or, or not get to use it at all. 
And so like when, like you also have to manage your points as well because anything you buy in that round, you won't have for the next round. But if you don't spend your points, then you'll have all those points from the previous round in the next one as well. So you can choose to not spend a lot in a round and then start the next round with a huge amount of points or not, which is a weird thing to choose. Um, I think it's done really well. I think they've done a really good job at a lot of that stuff. Um, I'm liking it a lot. I'm liking it way more than I than I thought I was going to immediately. I I, I assumed what I, what was going to happen is for me to enjoy it, I was going to have to. So give me one sec. <laughs> I thought what was going to happen is I was going to have to have a bunch of rounds where I was learning how the game worked and then. I would eventually start to get good at it, like a battle royale. Um, but because I'm already generally pretty good at Apex, like I, I win fairly frequently. Um, I know how the game will functions. Um, it's just about choosing the right items at the right time and then choosing when to be aggressive and when to not overextend and hold back and heal and, and restart a fight. Um, it's very interesting. I think they do it better than Overwatch did. Um, with their three v three mode, or yeah, um, there's a lot more variety, I think. Which I think I think is because I, I was talking to you, Kerry, and oh no, I don't know if I was talking to you or I was talking to Ollie and and Byron, but I was saying that like I feel like at some point this game will have a meta, um, and thinking about it, I was going to ask that because yeah. I didn't really take Overwatch long to develop a meta, but no. And, and then that game ended up like ended up like tying its own noose by every season, every character had to change up the meta as opposed yeah. to them just balancing the game enough that like there wasn't a, a, def- a definitive meta yeah. all the time. Whereas this is different because I think it doesn't, like the focus doesn't lie on the characters. The focus lies on the weapons and also how good you are with those weapons. I'm terrible with like the DMR style weapons, which are single shot in this game that aren't sniper rifles. I'm terrible with them and I'm never good. And I'm just not, like, I never pick them because I'm not good at using them. Um, but some people are great at them and then they will melt me with them. And so I feel like there's not going to be a character meta because it's going to determine what weapons you choose. And also your strategies as well. Like yeah. when you run in for the meds, how you divvy them up between... Uh, players like how much you spend on them in the original place and then how many and who gets the materials from what zones there's also there's a supply drop every round so yes i think to do with those the 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 ground loot which is very limited it's just a couple of med boxes material canisters and the and the supply chest the loot the loot chest what do they call it supply drop yeah um i think how teams play to that and prioritize which things in which rounds is going to be played mm. to it a lot too which 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 I I like more than just like a character meta because a character to meta to me becomes really stale because if I want to play the character that I'm best at and they're not like a meta pick at the moment, then either people are going to get shitty online, <laughs> or I'm going to get steamrolled. Um, and like that doesn't make for an enjoyable online experience because then people resent you if you're not picking the best characters, um, or you just lose all the time. Um, which is why, like, which is which is what happened to Overwatch. That's why a lot of the online got stale because if you weren't picking meta characters for a while, then you just had the worst time. Um, 
I, I've never, I've never been in a game that I was like, oh, I can't believe that person picked this character or like, oh, I can't believe we don't have this on our team. And, and I think it helps cause because it's three V three. It's not like a, a group of six where you need like a healer or whatever. Um, so I think it's, it, it's, it's really fascinating that they've, that they've done it and done it so well, very quickly. Um, the launch itself was rough. Um, my, my account got reset back to zero. Um, I lost all my heroes. Um, I lost all my in-game currency and I lost my battle pass access. Um, really? yeah, like I, it has <laughs> since been returned. Um, okay, good. But like for a while, I like my account was default. Like everything had been reset, and I was like, wow, "That's huh. cool." It. I was like, I, I was sitting there going, "Like, oh, I'm sure it'll be fixed. I'm sure it's just server issues." But I really hope it's just server issues. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it was stuff like like players could only select like the original six unlocked legends. Like, yeah, and it would like show you the other ones, but when you clicked it, it would just pick one of the other six. With, That's like, so interesting base skins and stuff like that like huh. yeah yeah it was it was apparently very very buggy few hours when it launched mm. <laughs> which like would have been so uh, so i i bought the battle pass but i already had enough in-game currency to buy it because every battle pass if you complete it you will then have enough currency to buy the next one through that one so i bought That's such a good idea. like a, a lot of a lot of games do it nowadays like Fortnite does it as well where like if you yeah. If you finish the battle pass, they will give you enough of the premium currency to then buy the next one. If you um, haven't so, spent it on V Bucks by that point, yes, like if you haven't <laughs> if you haven't already spent it, um, which uh, which I I don't spend the premium currency because I know that I'd like to buy the battle pass. Um, yeah. So I had it from the previous one, um, and then I bought this one, and then I lost it like about half an hour later, um, and. In my mind, I was thinking, I'm glad I didn't spend money on this game because I feel like I would have felt really robbed if I had gone out of my way to spend money to buy the new character and the battle pass and then then it would have been taken away from me <laughs> so it's good yeah <laughs> i think it's good they've got a bow it's, in there and it's permanent interesting mm. is it good uh we'll see i think it's a high skill ceiling weapon it's kind of like a wingman yeah um but it's got like it's got like two hop-ups for it one of them's like a tempo hop-up that like if you pull back and let go at the right time, then it speeds up the amount of time you have to pull up the next round. If you pull that one up the next round, it goes to this like maximum fire rate. Um, That's cool. Where it's really fast to do a full charge. And so you can just go doom, mm. doom, doom. And they do like 70 a hit to the body. So it's like, it's yeah. really strong. But it's also got a second hop up, which is like a shatter point. So it like turns into like a shotgun spread. Ooh. And you can use both of them at the same time and hip fire it. So you can you can all of a sudden you can start hit, like shooting this thing like a like an Eva shotgun you know like a like a double barrel not double barrel but like a clip or a semi automatic shotgun that you can just fire over and over again if you have both of those attachments it's wild mm. and I think maybe maybe the most understated thing about it is that it's a bow so it's silent and so mm. the amount of times of I'm getting shot by weapons it. in the game. Yeah, and so I'm getting Sorry. shot by it going, I don't know where that came from. Um, That's really and, interesting. And, like, and it, it's really hard to hit, though. So, like, oftentimes the first shots won't hit me, and I'll just hear, like, a... <laughs> and then, like, and I'll hear... Like, and, and I'll kind of look around going, was that? And then I'll hear, like, and I'll hear, like, a... 
like next to me because it like landed next to me like <laughs> oh fuck and I, like it'll be like a real like indiana jones moment of like hey i'm getting shot at <laughs> um so that's that that's good fun uh yeah we did um we did run and we we played a bit and i was i was when we were playing i was like oh man this is intense i'm getting really into it so we should go play some battle royale after this and then Jeremy and I just got smoked yeah, we got for like five games straight. It was rough. <laughs> it was rough. But it was interesting because one of the first matches we played, we had this drop encounter and everyone was holding angles. No one was advancing on the other team. Everyone was kind of like peeking corners and and healing, throwing grenades around to like flush people out. All of a sudden it became this much more defensive game, which is how the arenas mode plays out with much more chip damage. Um and like so it, it was just interesting seeing that play out now that said mm. like immediately afterwards the teams the the way we died was when the teams just rolled up on us and then we got sandwiched between two fights and they were there when three seconds ago they weren't and it was a mess but it was interesting seeing just a little bit of how some people's habits change between the modes mm. uh, yeah it's good yeah um, June, do you want to talk about uh, your game and then maybe we'll have an early break? Yeah, we can do that. I don't really have much to say, to be honest. I haven't really played it in a little bit, but I have been playing something. So um, I bought Crypt of the Necrodancer, like, maybe, like, when did it come? Because it came out on Switch. When did it come out on Switch? Oh, on Switch? <laughs> Which one are you talking about? The first one or the Zelda one? The the first one. <laughs> 2017? I don't know, yeah. yeah. When did they put the Danganronpa music in? No, no idea. Just the wrong people. <laughs> um, it's been I a think while. It was, it was after, it was, yeah, but it has been a while. I've bought it ages ago. And um, I've been, I was looking for something to play because I don't have my PlayStation um, where I am at the moment and I don't, I don't really have time to play much anyway. So I wanted to play it and I wanted to play it with the Danganronpa music. So... Um, I was playing. I've been playing it a little bit, and it's like extremely hard. It took me like, yeah, maybe four, five, six hours to finish the first. Um, what are they called? The I can't remember the word that they use for the levels. Yeah. But, um, it just took me a long time, yeah. and but like I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't getting tired of it. I guess, which is what you want, I think. Mm. So, um, but now I haven't played it for a while and I'm, I'm not going to remember how to do it anymore. So <laughs> I think the level two is going to be much, much harder, but, um, I'm enjoying it more than I thought I would. So that's good. It, are you cool. always, is it always being played with the Danganronpa music or have you no, done the I switched it. as well? <laughs> I got really, really annoyed with the Danganronpa music really, really fast. So <laughs> I swapped it back to like, I think it's a random mix of whatever, like all of the stuff that they've got on there now, which I, it's good because it's not just the... The normal and it's a little bit of dung and rubber sometimes and um, that's good it's really good some of the some of the tracks are incredible so good yeah um and once like when you get into like a groove of like doing really well and like clearing like sections like without taking damage it's just it's so it's so satisfying um but yeah that's been fun that's cool I remember when I played that game for the first time, I was like, oh, I should love this. I studied music and it's a roguelike and and it seems really simple and like I, I should be really... I am so bad at that game. <laughs> I'm so bad at it. And every time I play, I just feel like 
like my brain is soup and my fingers yeah. are like I like made them out of mud and they don't bend right. Like you know, like I'm- nothing nothing happens the way I want it to. <laughs> I really enjoy how, you know, at the end of every level they have, like, three different bosses that it, it sort of signals, um, cycles through so you can sort of get whatever you're given. It's not the one boss every single time. It might That might change. I'm not sure. But that's what it is in the first level at least. And, like, I w- you know how if you get gems you can use them to unlock stuff in the main section and you can unlock um, training areas where you can train to beat the bosses. That's right. Um, it was really satisfying to like to, to unlock the training area and just like work really hard at trying to beat it a couple of times, so then you know that if you get that on on that round, you'd be okay. Mm. Um, and that, I like I don't know grinding, I guess you could call it. <laughs> well, yeah, um, grinding, but also like it's music, right? You kind of have to learn how to yeah. how to do it. <laughs> and they all have like different mechanics so like there's a chess one where all all of the like them they all move in how chess things move it it's so cool that's one i i was really enjoying that one there's like the conga line one and um (laughs) the other one that i don't care about as much obviously um but i'll be really i'm really interested to see i'm not liking level two as much as i like level one so far i don't like the enemies but i'm sure i'll get used to it have you played the Have you played the Cadence of Hyrule? No. I know I know you're not big on Zelda like at all. Um mm. but like I think if if you can if you can pick it up for like ten bucks or whatever, um when it goes on sale, I it's like like I, I quite liked um Crypt the Necrodancer one. Like I didn't play a lot of it, but like what I did play, I enjoyed like the the loop and yeah. the like, you know, going around to the beat like is fun. Um but like they've got such good fucking versions of the Zelda music. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so like when you get it going, it's like, dun, 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 and, <laughs> and, and I'm sitting there like on the couch and I remember like I was playing it about two months ago because um, I bought the DLC because it was on sale and it was me and three of my housemates all sitting in the same room and I'm playing the game and all of us are like, like just bobbing our heads to the beat of the music <laughs> as I was playing. And we were just like, we were all silent while it was like being, while I was playing it on the TV. Um, just cause we were all just kind of like, you know, that, you know, the, the gif of that cat, like vibing to the fucking music. Yeah. We were all just doing that. We were all just like, it was, it's, it's so good. It's, it's, yeah, it's, maybe I should. it's, it's supposed really to be good. a little bit easier as well, isn't it? It's, it's just more, it's just more accessible in a lot of ways. Like it's, it's yeah. a really, it's a really generously, adventurous game um yeah. so it's it's good fun nice i'll think about it mm. now do you two want to do uh question like we'll do question corner tease and then question corner after the break and then i'll do my games or should we do my games and then we'll do question corner after the break i'm confused say that again <laughs> like should we should we right now think about the question <laughs> corner and do that as soon as we come after the break which we'll do now yeah. Or should we do break now? I'll do my games and then we'll do question corner at once after my games. How many breaks are we having? One break. Uh, question. Uh, it feels wrong to not have a question corner in the middle. That's what I, that's yeah. That's, I, I reckon. Okay. So we'll do the question corner and then I'll t- talk about my games afterwards. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. Great. Okay, cool. We're going to have a break now, everyone. Okay, okay. What? What's wrong? That's fine. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) 
it's 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 a good time for a break and i don't want to go over long with my games and then anyway it's a good we're gonna have a break now uh yeah. what's the question for the week june um hang on uh <laughs> <laughs> have you ever hurt yourself playing a video game is that right mm. yes mm. first thing that comes to mind when i think of this is more of like a hurt ego no, I want a physical. physical yeah, I'll, I'll have a think about that. Any? Did either of you ever get the like, like the uh, the Mario Party palm where people for like the ones where you used to like no. have to spin the the joystick? Burns, people would like third degree burns. like wear a circle no, out of their palm. I, I never did. Thankfully, I never did. Uh, well, have a think about it, everyone. We are going to as well, and once we have, we'll be right back. That didn't make any sense. back to the minimap cast we've been reminiscing pondering revisiting old experiences of pain mixed with game dude what's the question for the week <laughs> uh have you ever physically injured yourself while playing a video game who wants to go first I'll go because mine's really anticlimactic, I think, and I've probably already told it before. I have two instances of the same game. Uh, mm, same brand of game. What's the word? Same franchise. franchise. Yes. <laughs> brand <laughs> of game. Um, Guitar Hero, uh, really bad blisters on my thumb from um, strumming, like the little oh, plastic right. piece of shit. Um, and then uh, wrist, like... RSI like wrist pain really badly from playing the DS one where you have to like <laughs> and you have to do this <laughs> and like funny. and like I don't know it, I don't know if anyone has anyone that's listening can like visualize it but like you have to put like you hold the DS in, in your hand and you put this the strap behind it and then you this this the hand that you hold in the DS is also the hand that you have to pre- press the strings and then you use the the other hand on the cut string to do the anyway so this hand used to cramp up all the time because the hand that you play in the string is because you'd have to, I don't know, it's just like a really, you have to hold it while also it's awful. Anyway, Guitar Hero, that's my answer. <laughs> that's so funny. I thought of Guitar Hero a couple of times when I was thinking of this, but I I, I don't think I ever went that far with it. That's so funny. <laughs> I really so wanted would, would to you, 100% you kinda, that Modest Mouse song, obviously. <laughs> Could, so would you like, would, would you like slap the strum bar? I must, yeah. Rather than just like I don't know, grabbing onto it and like, moving it up and down, I must have like. That's kind of what I did. Like I would yeah. kind of just like gently alternate up and down sometimes, or maybe not. But I would I would rest on the strum bar and just go. Tap, yeah, tap, I tap, mustn't tap. have. Yeah. Been doing that. I don't know what I was doing. The wrong thing, obviously. Or maybe the right thing. It sounds like it produced maybe. results. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should. I. Not now, but we should have a a, a guitar hero related question corner question where we can like dive into our guitar hero memories that would be that would be oh, like oh, oh my god it's the guitar <laughs> i know i understand that this guitar. is a, this is an audio medium but like like i guess i was doing like like that rather than like that right yes. yeah yeah You're like hitting it with yeah. your thumb hitting yeah. the strum with your thumb slap of the bar yeah, we should do we should do a guitar hero question corner one week. We should. I'm yep. gonna write that down right now. 
Kerry, what's yours? Uh, I had a couple here. My first thought was more of like an embarrassing story rather than like pain, but it's like painful to remember. But honestly, <laughs> I don't think it's like, I don't think it's suitable enough for the podcast. It's just, it was just a time where as a young child, but older than I should have been, I crapped my pants because I didn't want to go to the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> what game were you playing? I don't remember. Don't say Aragon. Please don't say Aragon. Okay. It was not Aragon. Last of Us Part 2. It was it was bad, and it was made worse by more of the details that I sh- I won't give anyone because no one wants them. But that's that's a that's a fair assessment. Yeah, that but that was my literal first thought. Like both three times I've heard this question. I've Do you like, remember the oh. game? I really don't, honestly. Okay. I, I I think maybe GameCube, PS2 era, but it could have been anything. I mostly remember the shit and the pants. <laughs> How old happened, Baxter? I was like. I wasn't, I was too old for that. I was like eight <laughs> or nine, maybe, maybe older. It was too old, too old for that to have happened. Anyway, in terms of games defecation. that I, pardon? Stop, stop. What did you say? Just move on. All right, that's fine. Um, Mine was, what? um. oh, I'm not done. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. I I apologize. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> Excuse me, Jeremy. My my, uh, my apologies. So one time, when we when the Wii came out, <laughs> my brother and I, what <laughs> what were you on the toilet when that happened as well? No, no. The you Nintendo the Wii. So that was the issue. You weren't on the toilet when the Wii came out. <laughs> oh my god! When the Nintendo Wii was released, my brother. <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! You've sullied the podcast with your rap horns. <laughs> rap horns. <laughs> oh goodness gracious! When the Nintendo Wii was released in two thousand and seven, no, it wasn't two thousand seven. But what? What my brother and I we 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 got really into like <laughs> nightly or rather nightly. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. It's not funny anymore. What? I'm still laughing at the same joke. Are we laughing at Nintendo Wii? Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Continue. I'm 27 years old. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> when the Wii came out, right? <laughs> um, Dan and I would used to go back and forth with tennis, right? We'd have nicer as like... We, I'm just going. I'm powering through. It was like we we'd be like, oh, I, I'm going to win tonight. I, we're going to play tennis, and I'm going to win. And we'd we'd get like kind of serious about it. Um. Uh, but there was one time we we did it a bunch to the point where my arms kind of hurt, right? Because I wasn't very fit, and we did the we too much, and my arms kind of hurt. Anyway, like that following week, uh, I had surf camp for school, which was hands down the worst camp i've been on for so many reasons like it rained while we were there and the rain came like in out the, the they were like those tp tents but like the front flap like went into like the the foot of the of the base of the tent so when it rained all the water streamed down the front of the door into everyone's tents and like it was bad it was a bad time it was a bad camp but <laughs> it was also like a bit of a worse than I didn't want to go kayaking in like surf water in, to- in like down on the beach. It was a lot. It was like proper scary for me. And it shouldn't have been, but it was. 
And so I kind of copped out by saying that my arms were too sore from playing Wii Fit, <laughs> not for playing Wii Sports <laughs> during the week. <laughs> and so I just sat on the beach and watched everyone kayak for like two hours. That's, that's, a good that's pretty that's good. That's a good story. I like that. That's good. And there's another time where like my uncle bought a Kinect when we were visiting over Christmas and we like did the thing lots. And there was the one where you got to like crouch down and like duck under the river rapids and stuff like that. And like the next day I couldn't use my calves. Like as I walked around, I was like <laughs> hobbling around and all of my, all of my relatives were laughing at me. And we like went to the park and I was just like, like throwing the frisbee between each other. And I was like, ah, <laughs> that was the whole, was the whole thing. <laughs> like I really hurt my calves doing that. <laughs> That's funny. Motion controls, huh? Yeah. Um, my, mine is it's the same wavelength, um, different, like we came out. <laughs> not, not quite. Um, I, uh, I, I came home once, um, after I had a fair bit to drink <laughs> by a fair bit. I mean like a lot to drink <laughs> and I was home alone. Um, I was still living, still living with my parents at the time. Um, but, but my, my mom wasn't there. And so I came home and I was like, like off my face drunk. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to play some VR. <laughs> and and I, I loaded up um, the demo for Battlezone VR on the PS4, um, which is this sick tank game, kind of Tron-like. And I lasted about five minutes before I had to run to the bathroom to like <laughs> vomit my guts off. I felt fucking terrible. And I remember coming out of the bathroom like 15 minutes later, like, uh, and I like went over and I like, I just like pulled the back of the PlayStation power cable out and I was like <laughs> passed out on my bed. Like I feel bad. Like I, I, I've, I've got like a pretty like solid VR stomach, but that was like, that was brutal. I remember I had the, I had the helmet on for like 10 minutes and it was, it was awful. I was spinning. It Have you done it worst. since? Not drunk to, VR? Not, yeah. Yes. No, no, I I know better. <laughs> Maybe if you weren't as drunk as you were. Yeah. I mean, like I've 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 had some drinks while doing some VR stuff. Mm. Like what I would actually like to do is um uh Beat Saber. Yes, that would be cool. With with a little bit of drink. Mm. Um or um Space Channel 5 VR. Oh my god. <laughs> with a little bit of drink as well. I reckon that'll be that'll be that'll be an all right time. <laughs> Was the same wavelength just the same wavelength as me crapping my pants? I just meant like an, an exodus of fluid. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mine yes. had nothing to do with fluids, so you're welcome. Oh, <laughs> blisters. Blisters do. Anyway, um, <laughs> do you want the question blisters for next water. time? Yeah, that'd be great. Time? Uh, what is your favorite controller? Hmm. This could be a contentious one. Should we should we do it like a, a little mini debate where it's like this is the no we shouldn't do that <laughs> like a law, a law court. But like I'm, I'm like part of me is like we should try and convince the others that it's the best control. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I don't think I could do that with whatever my choice is. I'm sure no. I just wouldn't be able to. I don't think I care. En- I don't think I care enough about. It. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, a reasonable response. Yes. <laughs> Um, 
let's whip through some of these games that I've been playing as well um, before getting into this. Uh, uh, it's not a dissertation that Jeremy's prepared, but Jeremy's prepared some 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 news TM that he's going to deliver to us. It's, a, it's, um, it's the greatest hits of of the past like five days. Yeah, <laughs> well, even less, right? Yeah. Um, but we'll we'll whip through the games I've been playing. Um, just I'll just get this one out of the way. I've been playing God of War again with the PS5 patch on my PS5. I feel projector. like you play replay this game like every six months. I only played it once. What? I, I feel like you were replaying once. it the other day. I'm sure you were replaying it the other day. No, I don't think so. Yeah, maybe no, I was I think thinking about it. Or I think maybe you we're talking about it than coffee. Maybe that. Maybe. Maybe. Sorry. Oh yeah, on. no, I might have mentioned it. Anyway, I, I played more than like a minute. I played okay. like a bunch. That game's real pretty. <laughs> if I've mentioned it already, that's basically all I've got to say, so I'm just going to leave it there. That game's <laughs> very pretty. Um, make, remembering it a little bit, I'm like, this game's too long. Like, that game's just too long. Yeah. It's too Because the thing is, you got to reach the top of the mountain, you get to the top of the mountain, and they're like, not this mountain, that yeah, mountain. The other one, yeah. And then you like you get to the top of that one, and they're like, not this mountain, the mountain in the other realm. Uh, yeah. It's like, how do we get to the other realm? Like it, anyway. Um, like I, I, I do think they they pull that they pull that rug from out under you just one too many times. Yeah, yeah. But there lots of good moments along the way. Um, I've also played about two or three hours of It Takes Two with Sam, um, which is the new co-op exclusive game from Hazelight, the people who made A Way Out and Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons. So it's a co-op exclusive game. It's about uh, two parents who are about to get a divorce. They haven't told their... They just tell their kid. And the kid gets so sad that she goes to the dolls that she's made of her parents and, like, pretends that they, like, play together and make up and, like, cries on them. And her tears somehow magically send their parents' consciousnesses into the toys, which she then goes and puts in the shed. <laughs> and then the parents wake up in the toys and they're like, oh, we've got to go find our daughter so she can cry on us again so we can become ourselves again so we can go get this divorce. Um, <laughs> but there's also this, like, talking book with this, like, Spanish accent. Um, What's it called? Uh, it's Dr. Doctor something. Because it's like, the book is like Dr. Something's Guide to Love yeah. or something like that. But the, then the book just becomes the doctor. Um, it's, it's a good name for it. Dr. Um, Hakim. Dr. Hakim, that's right. And the kid's got this really cute British accent because, like, the mum's British, but the dad's American. And she's like, please, Dr. Hakim. (laughs) Anyway. um, Anyway, I've been... It's it's interesting thinking about this because I look at the game and I'm like, oh, people... I've heard a few times people say, oh, that's the divorce game. That's going to be sad. I don't want to play it with my partner, especially not with my partner. But this game isn't that. Like, it's a cartoony, like, save the relationship kind of game. And, you know, they've got good moments together. Um, and they start going over what issues they have with each other and, you know, stuff like that. Like the first level is like, you have to deal with the vacuum cleaner that you got, that you left in the shed. That's now angry that you left it in the shed. And, and, and when you're discovering all of that, it becomes like, if you'd fixed it when you said you would, and it was like, I didn't fix it. So that meant that I had to go get, or you didn't fix it. So I had to go get the new one. And that's why this one is out in the shed, which means it's your fault that we're dealing with this problem. Right, and it's this whole thing, but it's it's all very silly, and you're dealing with a, a vacuum cleaner with googly eyes. <laughs> um, the the best part about this game is the mechanics, because um, it does that thing. It does this thing where it's split screen the whole time, has to be, 
Um, it does the thing where each person gets a unique mechanic and they interact with the other mechanics that the other person has very interestingly. I'm trying to remember what the first level was. I don't think I can, so I'm going to go on to the second one, which is like one person has nails that they can throw and then call back to themselves and catch. Um, and the other person has a hammer head that doesn't have its body. Um, they like strap onto the back and they can like smash things on the ground, but also use it as like a, a hook. Um, and what they do with the hook is what you could do these jumping puzzles where one person throws nails into the wall in certain points. And then the, the, the person with the hammerhead has to jump hook onto the nails with the hammerhead, swing on them, swing to the next one, swing to the next one. And then they can like open the door for the person with the nails to go through. And then you walk together. Um, or the person with the nails has to like hold platform, like moving platforms. When they nail them in, they like go still for a second and you could jump on them, call them back. It starts moving. It's this whole thing. It's really well done. And they do the thing where they explore the mechanic for 30 to 45 to 60 minutes and then they throw it away. Yeah. And then they're onto something else that's really clever. After that point, they introduced a grapple that we both got. And then it became this thing about uh, one of us had a matchstick gun and the other one had this like, um, uh, it's like a sap, a sap blaster. And the only way to get something to explode and like clear debris and clear obstacles is to launch it, launch sap onto the obstacle and then ignite it with the matchstick blaster. So it's just, it's, it's clever the way they do that. And there's a couple of boss fights and um it's really good the voice acting's fine and the the cutscenes are good and the graphics are fine but perfectly decent for what it is it's a really pleasant experience and do you know um, how it holds up against like a way out because i i don't think a way out got very good reviews did it i think a way out it was okay i think people said it did really great similar stuff where it was like really great gameplay mechanics yeah um and that the story could be a bit trite at times i think they were saying mm. Um, I think this has been more well-received than The Way Out has been. That's people good. have been quite happy with, you know, stuff I'm talking about now is, you know, people have been talking about it it sitting on top of a co-op experience as good as Portal 2, you know. Um, that's cool. If that's in the conversation, yeah. that's like... I think there's um there's there's been a big need for more co-op games, couch co-op games for a long time, so it's it's always good to see. Yeah, absolutely. This one This one's great. You can play it digitally and, like, buy, like, a... A pass that you like send to one specific person um you can only send yeah. it to one person but then they with that pass that you like you bought because you bought the game they can be your your second um, that's cool. they don't have to buy it yeah um and so you can do it like that that's sort of like the the manamadan little yeah. rope yeah. buddy pass they did with that um yeah it's really good i honestly recommend it if you have you have someone over you're like i want to play a co-op game it's it's good it's it's good it's fun enough that it's inventive enough. The gameplay, they change it up enough with every next obstacle. Um, the story, I'm sure it'll get a bit more um, better and a bit more deep and a bit tug at my heartstrings a little more. But honestly, it's been very surface level so far. So if anyone's worried about it being like divorce the game, um, I mean, unless that stuff really upsets you, which it might, um, it's not an issue, I would say. I think it's quite quite ignorable if it's it it's good it's a it's a fine setting for the rest of the premise of the game i wouldn't worry about it cool i Um, I, I think the the one thing i I was i was concerned or hesitant about the game was like 
like the like the the child talks to the book and then the book is in charge of the magic or whatever and then the child when they cry on the doll um the dolls rather um the the mother and, and the father then get put inside the dolls um after she finds out they're talking about getting a divorce and the, the book's purpose is to put the mother and father through trials to make them realize that they love each other um like the, the the concept of like remembering why you broke up in the first, like remembering why you got together in the first part and like, remember why you loved each other. Like, I think like that as a, like a trope um, is like terrible. Um, I think that's fair, but to be uh, something to point out is that the stuff that they mentioned that Dr. Hakim mentions at the start is that a relationship is a challenge that you need to work through. Mm. which is like honest, actual like relationship advice for grown up couples who, you know, kind of, well, any, any relationship really is like, sometimes there's going to be hard times where it's just hard and you yeah. have to figure it out or it's just going to stay hard or one of you is going to leave or both of you is going to leave. If you want to, if you want this to last, you have to put effort into it and work through it. And that's the first message you get from the book. It's not, you guys are great together. And they're like, no, we're not. The, the, the book's like sure, relationships yeah, yeah. all about this and you guys don't get that. So I'm going to throw you into the bottom of this shed and you're going to work it out. Like Sure. But, but I think like fundamentally, if, if the two people have decided semi amicably that they both want to split up, like the, the concept of putting them through trials to make them get back together seems like a, like, what am I in a fucking Roland Emmerich movie? Like I'm in fucking 2012 all over again. Um, like, and like, I think that concept is like, like a terrible, if a relationship doesn't work, it doesn't work. And you split up for the better of everybody, including the child. Um, and that's how that works a lot of the time. Um, part, part of me, part of me has been quietly thinking about it when we haven't been playing it. I've been quietly wondering if like, maybe the conclusion isn't going to, is going to be that and, they still get a divorce, but they're yeah. good friends. I've been and, wondering if that's going to be the conclusion. And, and, and that's, that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried that the game is not going to land that and the game is going to be like, actually, you're right. We do love each other because <laughs> we've been through all of these terrible things because apparently the only way for relationships <laughs> to work in fiction is to suffer together. Um, and if they do that, because I don't trust Joseph Ferrez as a writer, um, <laughs> then I am never, ever going to play that game um, because I think fundamentally that's a terrible message. And I, I, I honestly don't know if they're gonna go that way. Like, like honestly, like the beginning and end of that game for me is whether or not they stick together at the ending. Um, and if, if, if I ever play that game, I'm going to Google that before I play because otherwise honestly, I'm going to hate might it. Be worth, like it. The mechanics might be worth grinning and bearing it. Honestly. No, like I mean, the- like I, I've seen, like, I've seen like two or three hours of gameplay. Like I've, I've, as, as so I have watched the first two sections of that game. Like I saw the entire section with the hammer and nail and I thought like, I thought that stuff was neat. Um, and then like the, the part with the, I don't know if you're up to like the grind rail section. Um, yeah, that was sick. Yeah, so like Ratchet it, and Clank. It was awesome. Yeah. Like it, it seems cool. Um, but like the game, basically if, if the end of that game ends with them staying together, um, nothing's worth me going through that. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Like, right. like, 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 like as, as someone, as, as a child of, of divorced parents, like, nah, like I don't, I don't trust like that. Like I, I don't, I don't trust Ferez as a, as a nuanced enough writer to, to deal with that um, in a way that is 
like appropriate. Um, and like, and, and, you know, like I, I don't know if the end of that game is, is Hakeem actually going, yeah, you're right. Because like he's intentionally sleazy and intentionally like grimy and like sings a lot and they're like, shut the fuck up. And they hate yeah. it. And I think that's good. A lot of I the times he's good. just like off the mark, right? Like he's yeah. like, oh, it's so good to see you guys together. And they're like, oh. Yeah. Um, I also think it's dark that the child had to cry on the dolls to get them to put in, to get to put the parents like pe- persons into the, but like, that's, that's strange. That's funny. Yeah. I, I think that's like genuinely like funny as like a dark twist. Um, but like, it's fucking really odd. Not how I thought that beginning of the game was going to go. There is this moment where you see the daughter go talk to one of the parents in the house yeah. and they're like possessed. They're like, they're lifeless. like soulless. So yeah. like the dad's just sitting there with like black eyes and like at the desk and she doesn't see that. She's just like talking from the door and he's just not responding. And she's like, Oh, I'm wondering if you've seen this book. It's written by Dr. Hakeem. Maybe it could help you and mum out. And he just says nothing. That's scary. That's so fucked, right? It's so fucked. (laughs) Have you been up the tree? Part of it. Yeah. We're in the middle of the tree at the moment. Yeah. That's all all the sap stuff. Have you met the, Met the squirrels? Yeah, met the squirrels. Okay, yeah. One of them's got a scar and a bowie knife. Yeah. It's pretty intense. <laughs> They're it's making a, a plane out of the game. dad's undies. Yeah. Such a strange game. Yeah. Um, I've also I've also played and finished Outriders. And I don't, I don't want to go into it too much. Well, I mean, I can't, but what I, what I want to do is I want to talk a bit about how the, how the story goes in that. So are you two- I'd love to know how this goes. Are you too happy with me spoiling some of the story? Yes. Yeah. Yes? It's okay. okay. Yeah. All right, audience, I'm going to spoil some of the story for Outriders. Here we go. This is your warning. Um, so Outriders is this thing where, like, Earth was dying and they send, they were going to send two ships off Earth to, with the rest of humanity on it because they found one ship 87 years away uh, that had uh, that could support life. And they sent... One of the ships blew up during construction, so they only sent one ship. The ship lands when you arrive, and when you get there, as one of the Outriders, this, like, exploratory mercenary team, you find out that the planet wasn't all it was cracked up to be, and there's these storms that ravage the land and wipe out electronics and tear people apart and occasionally give people superpowers. Um, So the whole ship lands, and then they lose all their resources, and they don't have electricity, and it turns into Apocalypse 2.0 on a new planet. And that's when your character, like, wakes up with god powers. And so the whole premise of the start of the story is uh, you're the only... (laughs) So when you land on landing day, you write down the frequency of this broadcast you found on your hand with this, like, fountain pen that you've got in your pocket or something, and then you get frozen in cryostasis for 30 years while the, while the, while the ship's inhabitants fight each other for 30 years. And then you get f- unfrozen, and you meet one of the people who started the, the landing day with you, and they're like, you have no idea what it's been like. And I'm like, and they're like, we, all we know is that there was a signal out in the distance, but we can't track it because our, our, electronics, our electronics are fried. And you're like, what, you mean this signal? And you show them the writing on your hand. And, it, and so it's like you're the MacGuffin for the start. Of, it's so it's so bad. <laughs> um, it's so bad. So it becomes, oh, you've got to find this doctor who's, who's, look, who's trying to find this piece of technology that can track the signal. And we couldn't find the frequency before, but with you, now we have the frequency. You find the doctor, you find this briefcase that like, is like insulated so it's safe from the storms and it can track the signal and then you go on this expedition 
to go and find the signal, a place beyond the anomaly where electronics must be surviving for a signal to be sent out. And you go into this forest where apparently there's been this black fungus that someone's had to find a cure for that they hadn't found one for, but they find a bunch of deserters. Anyway, it turns out they've made the cure for the fungus by like killing people. And so you, you, you kill the people who you kill the person who makes the cure. Cause it's like awful. It's this awful thing that they do. And then the, the person in the camp vows to find you, but you never fight that person who like swears a vendetta against you. So that goes to the side. There's this like altered Wait, guy. What? The, the first like major boss. No, Oh, no, no, no. This is like halfway through the game. Oh, okay. There's a thing in the in the start of the game where this like altered is one of the superpowered guys. One of the altered Seth is like is like talking to you and talking about what it means to be altered, and you have to be the shepherd for the for the humans because you still yeah, believe in them. But that we other altered are are godly, and we are above worldly uh, claims and problems. Anyway, Seth dies in like in like hour eight and you don't even see <laughs> what? it. What? And then you, you fight the guy who kills him, but then at the end of the boss fight, this is like a third of the way through the game. At the end of the boss fight, the boss explodes. You pass out and you wake up back in like the trenches. You don't know what happened to the boss. You don't know why you survived. And then you just move on. They don't explain so, like, that? No. He never comes back. That boss who killed your like altered mentor never comes back the, the the mentor is never relevant ever again no one ever mentions his name again no one cares it doesn't matter the forest happens and this guy swears that it'll catch you because you killed the guy who's making the cure that's letting them live and like they're like following you for ages and then you just kill a bunch of their men until they stop following you and but they're still around i guess and then you find then you find natives of the planet oh no and it becomes this thing of like and there's only one native and you're going through their ruins and this native has learned a bit of like how to speak to humans thanks to the clearly reference from Native American man who follows you who's kind of like, why is that the person who can like commune with the alien? And it's like, oh, it's a whole thing. I don't know. So that this is alien, right? And you're, you're, you're going along and you're, you're going to this place and he opens up a, they open up a door for you. They don't give the alien agenda, which is nice. They open up the door and then they're like, oh, look, the closer the signal we get, it gets worse and worse. The storm gets worse and worse. And you get closer to the signal and you go out into the desert and it becomes worse and worse. And then you find another human colony. And you're like, what? How is this possible? This is the furthest any human's ever been. The humans landed. We were the first humans here. We landed in the valley and we got stuck there because of the anomaly storms. Then you find this other colony that there's no people there, but it's the remains of a colony. And it's been taken over by what they call ferals. So they're just like people who have got like exposed bones and they, they yell in language and it's weird. And it looks like the ferals have killed the humans and killed the, the killed the natives. Anyway, turns out the ending of the game is you find the caravel, which is the second ship that was meant to leave earth that got blown up before your first ship left your first ship leaves. And then it turns out the people who were left on earth rebuild the ship. They found some fancy schematics that meant they built a better engine and they got there before you. <laughs> Even though they left like 10 years later, they got there like 10 years earlier. And it's like... That, the idea that's, is not how, that's not how like space works, is it? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so the, the whole, their whole idea is that because these were the people that were left on Earth, these are the, these are the worst of humanity and they got there first. 
And what they did was they met the natives who it turns out could communicate and sort of keep in temper these storms via obelisks and their, their own magic. And the humans who are in charge of the first group that land, they get suspicious and they kill their, their leaders of the aliens and then they round them all up and then they make an internment camp and then they, 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 they commit genocide on the natives. But the natives can transform themselves into these savages, these ferals. And so then the ferals kill all the humans, but there's no more of the kind-mannered natives who haven't turned into ferals left. And that's the story. So you get to the, the very end of the game as you find this signal. And it was all humans all along. And the reason that the anomalies wrecked the planet is because humans landed and killed the stewards of the planet first before you got there. And now the planet's fucked. And that's the end of the game, basically. The only... God. <laughs> they go so deep with it. Like, you're walking through... So much wrong with that story. You're walking through <laughs> barbed wire compounds and, like, like internment camps. Like, it's bad. Like, you walk through, like, it, like a furnace. Like, it gets really, really bad. They just go so hard with it at the end. What the fuck? It's so weird. I really don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> what the fuck kind of... There's so much wrong with already using ferals, savages, yeah. like, as terms, especially yeah. when describing, like, indigenous folk. Mm -hmm. But holy moly. It's bad. And I just can't figure out what the point of the game is. I can't figure out what the point of the story is. And so the, th the thing that happens <sighs> at the very end, you get to the, the ship the caravel where the signal launches you meet the old man who's the leader of this group who's the only one left and you like tell him how he's wrong and how he fucked the planet over and he's like oh i won and you shoot him in the head um and the whole reason you got to the the point where you can launch the signal is so you can contact your ship which is still in space and still has a bunch of supplies up there so that humanity can be less starved for resources even though they still have to deal with the planet's terrible ecosystem and like storms that kill people and so the end you get the supply pods down and that's the ending. And in the credits, you see the boss who killed Seth and you see the, the <laughs> feral boss that you have to kill at the end. And you see one of the people who in one of the camps earlier and one of the people from the forest and they all see the supply pods drop and they all want them. Right. And it's like, you, you go through this whole thing and you find all these terrible things and they tell you this terrible story. And then at the end, it's like, and all the people you face along the way, none of the way, none of them are dead. So you're going to keep fighting them to fight for these supply pods. And that opens up the end game thing, which is finding the supply pods for the expeditions. Good Christ. I don't understand what the point of the story going so awful is. So awful. When they just discarded so many of those other threads, the, the yeah. mentor thread and the altered being gods and stuff like that thrown away the forest people with the cure and the and the military that are coming after you after that thrown away and then they go all in on this genocide storyline out of nowhere <laughs> at, at, at any point in the game like does is the so when i was when i was playing which was not a lot like i never knew who the good guys were because i didn't care about anybody and everybody seemed pretty terrible does that ever change you're the guys with the mission, you know. You're the ones with the chosen. Like, mission. like aside from the the generic, you are protagonist. Therefore, you tend to side with whoever you are playing. Honestly, it kind of becomes game, it becomes like you're the last outrider, and you've been sent out on this mission by the ECA, 
right? Is this foundation? But they're kind of as you go through the story, they kind of get revealed to be terrible and faction and infighting and not good. And they're as good as the they're only as good as the enemies they're fighting, which are all the insurgents, which is what their term is. Um, and so it more just becomes that the group that you're with are the good guys because you are the ones who have taken on this mission to find a place beyond the anomaly. And like that's it. <laughs> Never gonna play that game again. <laughs> yeah, thanks honestly, for the, it's a the shame warning. because the gameplay's still neat. The gameplay's got some real moments that shine. I'm gonna play a bit more of it, but the story is just dog shit. <laughs> yeah. How long? Huh. How long was it? Fifteen to twenty hours. Oh, that's too many hours. Yeah, that's with I most mean, but side it's like, quests. It's, it's like MMO light hours, though. So it's like it, yeah. it's a lot of. I'm going to imagine the actual story part of it is maybe like a four-hour tale. Yeah, okay. Going to cutscene to cutscene, yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it's gameplay. The gameplay is quite good. The gameplay has a lot of shining moments. and People have um, sort of equated it to like a Diablo game because it sort of turns into this single-player loot grind. That's cool. That's why they say it's not a service game because it's a a single-player game where you get good loot of different qualities. The, The best thing like that is diablo still not gonna play it service game (laughs) just because they actively say we're not going to put out a roadmap doesn't mean that they're not a live service game (laughs) yeah so yeah it's a weird time i i i wanted to i just wanted to tell someone about this you know (laughs) i needed to process this thing that i've experienced i've wanted to know what you thought about that story because i didn't know it i've wanted to hear this for, for like days now Mm-hmm. I've been looking forward to hearing it, and oh my god, did it? Did it only just did? Did it? Did it exclusively disappoint <laughs> the game? I mean, yeah. not as in you telling the story. The way they tell that whole genocide storyline is the most effective storytelling they have in the whole game. It just doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And and the way they reveal, they it gets to that bit where they're like, okay, there were humans here. How were the humans here? Oh, they did these terrible things to the native citizens of the planet. But the, the, the penny drops of, like, how the humans got there, it's literally the last cutscene before the final boss. You don't figure that out until the end. And then the guy's like, yeah, we, we, we rebuilt the caravel and we built an engine that put all others to shame and we got here before you while you were still in deep space. It was like, what? Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> anyway. Good guy. Outriders. Square Enix. People can fly. Turns out that's why the game's rated R. Yeah. That and they say ass in every sentence. Well, they say fuck in every sentence and yeah. everyone explodes into gory guts, but I think it's mostly the genocide. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that did go a bit heavier than I was expecting to, and I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh but yeah, I just had to process that with someone. If if anyone has played this game and has any other takes who listens to this, please, I'm I would love to talk about them with you. Please tweet me. <laughs> um, Jeremy, you've got a bit of a, a a small news section at the end of the the segment here. What are we going to talk about? So, so it's been it's been a few weeks, and it's been it's been some weeks. Um, there's been a lot that's coming out over the past five or so days. Um, uh, th- this is this is a follow from um, a little while ago. Uh, Apple has removed Fortnite from 
the App Store due to Epic circumventing Apple's payment system and accepting direct payments through Fortnite as a game on uh, iOS devices, um, which is against Apple's terms of service because they uh, get a 30% uh, cut of everything inside of everything purchased through the Apple App Store that is a game. That does not include things like Spotify. That does not include things like subscription services. But they take a cut of every in-game transaction in the iOS store. So Apple has sued them for m- multiple reasons. The most the, the, the most prevalent one being that they believe they are monopolizing the market they have created because they have a... a the, the term is called a, a, a walled garden um, where they are in charge of everything and they keep everything closed off and they do not allow external distribution throughout their ecosystem. Yes, Gary. Is Apple suing Epic or is Epic suing Apple? Epic Epic suing Apple. Got it. Um, this has now gone to trial. They are they are currently in court. They are probably live right now. Jeff Keighley's probably streaming it on Periscope and on his that on the on his Game Awards YouTube channel. <laughs> um, Which is pretty weird. Like it's it's really weird, right? Like I mean, I get it because like it at least like it's a public hearing, so anybody can like actually call up the number and listen to the the call. Um, so I actually appreciate it because I don't want to actually do a phone call to hear it. Um, it's just funny because like I like I I never know Keely's angle because he's so like he's like kind of he he really toes that line of like marketing and like influencing creation content anyway that's a different conversation um because this is going to trial documents are being filed things are being opened up we are getting an extraordinarily look into the inner workings of two of the largest tech companies well two of the largest like game distribution companies one of the largest tech companies one of the largest companies in the world really which is apple um and epic's inner workings who is the the latest rule breaker in the industry, the latest disruptor of 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 older guard um, things with Epic Game Store exclusivity deals, Fortnite obviously changing everything. So we're seeing a lot of documents come out, and I have picked uh, uh, the, the the greatest hits. Um, <laughs> I think I think we'll call it um, of things that I never thought we would see, and I'm 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 so glad we are seeing because. For a long time, I've been a, um, I've been someone who's been very critical of how secretive the games industry is. It's why I don't ever care about leaks, um, because I think that the games should never be really that secret in the first place. Um, and I think that we are seeing some details which larger companies would much prefer um, they r- remained private. Hilariously, a lot of the information that is being brought out. Um, our deals because Epic has made deals with everybody and over the past four or five years, we're seeing information from Microsoft, information from Sony. They're not even part of this trial. They have not, they're not involved in these cases at all. And yet we're seeing like Sony documents, right? So the first one that I have found is the cross platform revenue sharing that Epic and Sony had to agree on um, back when Sony was not playing ball with everybody else when they didn't want to allow crossplay between consoles. Um, this is from uh, an article on The Verge from Tom Warren um, where he quotes, um, th- this is directly from the article, 
I can't think of a scenario where Epic doesn't get what we want. That possibility went out the door when the Fortnite became the biggest game on the PlayStation, said Joe Craner, Epic's vice president of business development, which yep. is a pretty big thing to say about yourself, especially, especially when talking to Sony. This is a document that Joe Craner sent to Sony. Um, and I'm, I'm going to read a little bit from it here. We love working with PlayStation and we want this to be a win-win. The longer this drags out, it will be less so. I can think of a scenario where Epic doesn't get what we want. That possibility went out the door when Fortnite became the biggest game on the platform. Here's what I propose. We give you the data you are asking for plus marketing data. Epic deeply integrates Sony eSport API into Unreal Engine 4 as an engine level feature. We market and advertise it as a first class citizen of the game, maybe E3 announcement, and we support it in Fortnite. We announced crossplay in conjunction with Sony. Epic goes out of its way to make Sony look like heroes. You get to pick when, where, how. Epic brands its E3 presence with Sony. We're planning a hundred player celebrity pro pro am. Pro am. That means yeah. Pro-am. That's a type of esports event. Okay. With huge after party budgets, I've seen a huge and it'll be the biggest event at E3. Maybe we will announce all the celebs on stage. New partnership plus plus. Epic's winning. Epic's willing to explore more items. Maybe we commit to a game on the launch of your next VR platform. PlayStation Plus, maybe we do something extra special for a month, offer a unique character or something highly valuable to drive PlayStation Plus adoption even more. Epic extends the Sony company-wide Unreal Engine 4 license. I don't think I've mentioned this before, but your license to use Unreal Engine 4 expires in May 2019. (laughs) This license, I know that license has some of the best terms we've ever offered for Unreal 4. Let's make this a huge win for all of us. Epic's not changing its mind on the issue, so let's just agree on this now. (laughs) Jesus. That final bit, that final little like, like, guess what, fucko? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We'll send the tweens after you. Um. There are they so also, many things in that where they, they're strong-arming Sony. They yeah. really are. They're strong-arming the, the largest games com- the largest games company, right? Right now, yeah. I don't I don't think I've mentioned this before, but your license to use Unreal Engine 4 expires in May 2019. <laughs> yeah. How many games is Sony building on the Unreal Engine right now that would just become completely invalidated by this marketing tactic? Like, was... was isn't, is... Returnal's made in Unreal Engine yeah. 4. A Naughty Dog games made in Unreal? Mm, no, I think they're custom. They have their own. Another thing that was mentioned was a, cl- a cross-platform revenue share forcing... This is um, from the article again. A cross-platform revenue share forcing publishers to pay Sony a royalty whenever PlayStation players contribute more than a certain percentage to the bottom line of a cross-platform game to, quote, offset the reduction in revenue from Sony enabling crossplay. So Sony seemed to believe that them enabling crossplay is going to reduce the amount of money that they are going to intake. Yeah. And I think I think that's not exactly wrong because in terms of if you have a Fortnite account on the PlayStation and you have a Fortnite account everywhere else and you're really into Fortnite, you are like likely to pay money on both platforms. Whereas if you buy the battle pass on Microsoft's store, for example, um, but you play on PlayStation. Yeah. Then, then then Sony's not going to get a cut of that money. So there is a few details of it here. Um, It's, 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 it's a really, I kind of don't really know how to read this out loud. It's basically like they are just like giving, but basically they have actually, had to file documents which included the actual information breakdown month to month of how much money they were going to have to pay Sony for crossplay. Um, yeah. which how is, much extra Sony is getting compared to the competition, right? Yes, yes, because as far as I'm aware, they didn't have to do that for other platforms, at least to this extent. Um, so all of that was nuts to see because Sony is so 
so adamant with some of their like things and they they really tried to hold out as long as they could against the crossplay stuff which was why when they announced uh minecraft crossplay microsoft and nintendo had this whole thing and they were literally like they were literally saying publicly like hey we'll do it with playstation like it's the balls in there like the the quote used was the balls in sony's court um that and I think at the time, if you logged into any, if you logged into your Fortnite account on PlayStation, it was locked there, right? You something like that. Yeah. You couldn't like move it back if you had ever logged in on a PlayStation. It was something really weird. So, more recently, um, from the past, within the past twenty four hours, um, Tim Sweeney has actually um, been in court um, uh, doing his uh, testimony. Oh, I, I think I think that's the word, yeah. Um, um, who, who is Tim Sweeney, for the record? Uh, the CEO of Epic Games. Um, very, very rich man. Very, very rich man. Says a lot of weird things, <laughs> things that I do not agree with. Um, so I've, I've got a couple of – so th- this thing went for six hours. This was a long-ass fucking thing. Um, this was day two of the trial. Uh, Rebecca Valentine, who's a reporter from IGN, was live tweeting it. Um, I'm going to read a few select tweets from her because she had some excellent things to say about it. And I certainly didn't want to listen to a six hour live stream of a phone call because it sounds it's it's it sounds so bad. Like the quality is so bad. You can't understand what they're saying a lot of the time. Um, Rebecca's so good. So. She says, so far, my favorite part of the hearing, sorry, my favorite part of the hearing so far is Tim Sweeney being asked in an extremely normal and important court proceeding if he knows what certain gaming objects slash concept are. Quote, do you know what a console is? Quote, I'm going to show you some devices and ask you if you recognize them. Do you recognize this? Tim Sweeney replies with, yes, this is the PlayStation 5. (laughs) Your Honor, can I put this device here? Can I take this one home? Judge admitting a PS5 and Xbox Series X into evidence and telling a story about a trademark case where she admitted 30 bottles of wine into evidence and no one came to retrieve them, so the court people drank them all. Someone at Epic apparently pitched to Google prior to Fortnite being on Google Play that if they let them put Fortnite on Google Play for free, they'd put Fortnite on Stadia too. Obviously nothing came of this. (laughs) Oh my God. Another quote from inside the, the, the trial was... Um, someone asking Tim Sweeney, and what does it cost Epic to generate a V-Buck? Um, which is a really good sentence. It's <laughs> very good. Um, another thing was they, in, internal communications at Apple was then submitted as well. I don't know why this one in particular was released because I don't know what it has anything to do with the, the court, but it is a hilarious email. Um, so Tim Sweeney back in 2015 um, sent an email to the CEO of Apple, one of the richest people at the moment, Tim Cook, one of the most influential people in all of in all of tech. Hi, Tim. You all should think about separating iOS App Store curation <laughs> from compliance review and app distribution. The App Store has done much good for the industry, but it doesn't seem attainable for Apple to be the sole arbiter of expression and commerce over an app platform approaching a billion users. Compliance review could be limited to API capability, safety, data privacy, and fair disclosure practices. Compliant apps could be signed to allow open distribution via web or via 
or by confirmed invocation from another app with no restriction on engaging in commerce directly with users. Now, the only important part of that is the very end when he says with no restriction on engaging in commerce directly with users, because that's what Tim Sweeney eventually did with Fortnite by just subverting Apple's terms of service and just going around them and taking payments directly. Tim Cook then forwarded this email to Phil Schiller and Eddie Q. Eddie Q is one of Apple's oldest guard heads who's been in charge of a, la- a large part of Apple for a long time. Phil Schiller, who is just another executive at Apple. He forwarded the email to them saying, is this the guy that was in one of our rehearsals sent from my iPad? <laughs> Basically saying like, who the fuck is this who guy? Who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> this was 2015. So this was before Fortnite took over the world. Um, but oh my God. Um, Imagine sending an email to Tim Cook saying, hey, you know this really lucrative thing you've got going for yourself? <laughs> you should do this other thing that makes more money for everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. <laughs> okay. So, Such a dunk. <laughs> so next up, part of the trial yesterday, there was... Uh, there was a document that was, be, that, was, that was about to be read out, and and this was actually the part that, that I that I watched, um, which I thought was like I I couldn't believe that I was here in this life. So, um, the 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 judge, I'm I'm not sure the names of titles, like the 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 judge I assume was about to read out a document, um, that was submitted to evidence, um, and as they were about to start reading, Epic's lawyer, sorry, give me a sec. Um, Epic's lawyer stood up and said, hey, um, we can't read this. This has got um, classified information inside of it, like in terms of like breach of contract and privacy. Um, we can't read this article. Uh, if you if you want to go into this article, can we talk about this in broad terms and not name any of the parties that are actually inside the article because it is, it is sensitive material. And Apple's lawyers were saying, um, like Apple and the jury were saying like, hey, like we didn't get any information saying that, that you didn't want this read out. Like, did you submit the the correct motions and all that stuff? And um, the Epic lawyer said something along the lines of like, we only found out this was going to be in this morning. We didn't have time to submit this motions. We're telling you now, um, if you'd like to read it out, we don't, can we just not name the names? And the judge, I believe, I believe it was the judge. I'm not 100% sure because it's really hard to understand sometimes in this call, but the judge says, Look, I'm not going to start reading out the names of the Paradox document, not understanding that Paradox is the name of a game studio that this document is about, that Epic was specifically trying to avoid them talking about, which is just so funny. It is just, it is like this Paradox Epic deal that is that whatever has gone through, that has not been announced. No one knows what any of this is yet. No. Um, uh, the judge said, I've received 10 motions from third parties asking me to st- asking me to seal information. I have not received a request for this document. Rebecca then goes on to say, apparently the classification, uh, class- uh, the, apparently the classified info has to do with some unannounced deal with Paradox. The game, the games industry is so stupid. The judge is so fucking done. It's only day two. Ha ha ha. It's like, it is, it's just nuts. It is, it is, it, it just keeps on going and it, it, it keeps, it honestly keeps getting worse. Um, it's such a clash of worlds. Mm. It, you know? it is wild. Um, it's, it's jamming, it's jamming industries and, and, and entire machines into other 
wrongly shaped <laughs> machines. It's like trying yeah. to put a square peg into an octagon hole. And they're like, what is this about? And we're like, I don't know what you want to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stop giving away all of our secrets. So there's... There's a, there's a few more little things, and then and then that that basically wraps it up. Um, basically, we we get a little bit more financial information about some of Epic's exclusivity deals with some games, which we've never had before, such as that they paid um, the studio that made Subnautica, um, which was Unknown Worlds. Um, they paid the developer Unknown Worlds one point four million dollars to offer the game free of charge on the Epic Game Store. Which, if if you think back, that was the first game to ever be given out for free on Epic. Oh. That was like the big one that got everybody to make an Epic Games account and launch the game and launch the store to get the game on their account. Um, And since then, they've done weekly deals ever since. Since then, every time I turn on my computer, a little pop-up says, hey, this free game is now there. Um, They paid $1.4 million to Unknown Worlds to do this. This brought in 1.5 million new users to their store. Oh, my God. Um. That's less, less than, than a dollar, dollar per. User. That's less than a dollar per user. That's a, an excellent deal for Epic. That is like a that is a steal. Um, and unknown worlds, and for people who made Subnautica, honestly. I'm, I'm sh- and and like uh, as far as I can tell, reading a lot of the Washington Post's articles um, about like the, the information's come out, a lot of the deals about exclusivity has been a lot smaller um, of that one since then. Um, uh, free games led to approximately 5 million new users on the platform, costing Epic approximately $2.37 per new account overall. That's like, that is pennies. Um, wow, it is. I mean, yeah. it adds up because it's 5 million times 2.37. So that's like $10 million. No, 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 as in... Uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, so you are right. Um, but like the, so like the other thing that, that was added was that somewhere in this, in this Washington Post article, I can't actually see it. Their then return purchase rate on other, um, uh, users was very high. So they're getting users in for roughly 230, it's costing them roughly $2.37 per user. And, and then a lot of the return then went on, on to then buy something else. The users are spending more than two dollars thirty-seven on average per account. Yes, um, uh, that's that, that's what you want. That being said, the Epic Game Store is still not profitable, and is not going to be at the at the rate that they are currently at. The Epic Game Store is not profitable until twenty twenty-seven or something like that. They are they are throwing money at this thing, and throwing money at this thing, and throwing money at this thing to keep everybody in their ecosystem. Um, is that because that they're still playing for paying for exclusivity deals? I don't know. I think like, I the think development- I remember seeing. Sorry, sorry. I, I was just gonna say. I think I remember seeing something that that to get Borderlands Three as exclusive on the platform for PC, it was like one hundred thirty-seven million dollars or something. It, it it was a lot. Um, I think that does have something to do with it. Um, and I think it's also it's costing them a lot to actually make this store. They're they're actually quite behind in what their roadmap for the store was, as far as I'm aware, because they used to have a Trello. Um, which was public, which was like features getting get added to the store, like wish lists and stuff like that. And I think they're behind on a lot of that stuff. Um, so I don't know if some of that's due to COVID or whatever. Um, we finally have confirmed the percentage that Tencent owns in Fortnite, which is 37%. Oh my God. Jesus. Um, Tencent also has two board seats. Oh, oh my God. Uh, that is from Aaron Griffith on Twitter. 
Holy um, shit. Yes, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of percent. Mm. They own a lot of that company. They own oh, It's Fortnite, so the game. They own a lot of the game. Yes. Separate to we, Epic. Which would be them bringing Fortnite to China. That is specifically what that would be. Mm. Um, I wonder inside of that how much they make. I wonder if they make additional profit off money that comes in and out of China. Who knows? Um, uh, a couple other things here as well. Um, uh, Tim Sweeney, a lot, a lot of this um, trial has been arguing that Fortnite is actually not a game. Um, like, like, been like, been, like, been saying like Fortnite is actually a platform, um, which is a fascinating argument. Not one that I. Mm, I, I don't agree with it, but I don't I don't disagree with it because what he's saying is Fortnite is a is a place where you can play games. It is a place where you can socialize with your friends. It is a place where you can watch movie trailers. It is a place where you can go to concerts. It is a place where you can learn information about the news because they have done all of those things inside of Fortnite. Yeah. That is the argument that he's making that Fortnite is not a game and not a platform, which is what I'm curious about. I'm curious if he is now changing his argument inside of this to as instead of change your cut, which I know they want to do because that, but what if they then pivot that to say, Hey, Fortnite's not actually a game. Yeah. Don't charge us yeah. like a game, take away our 30% cut. And then this whole trial will go away. I don't know. Um, I think that wasn't, I think that was a deliberate thing that they was bringing Twist. up. Yeah. Um, this is from Luke Plunkett at Kotaku. Um, with a great headline, please enjoy Epic's Tim Sweeney apologizing profusely to Ubisoft for fucking up. Um, a leaked document um, from when The Division 2 came out um, between Tim Sweeney and Yikimo. Uh There was a lot of fraudulent transactions when that game came out on PC. That game came out on the Epic Game Store as well as Uplay because they started to wind down the exclusivity of Uplay back then. Um, so that they were selling Division 2 on Epic as well. Um, and there were a lot of people fraudulently buying items and selling items inside of the division two doing chargebacks so that they actually weren't getting that money. And it was, um, the security of Epic game stores fault. So he wrote him a specific, uh, personal letter, which has now been public. Um, <laughs> dear Yves, I am writing to apologize for the shortcoming in Epic game stores, inflammation and our Uplay integration in the past 48 hours, the rate of fraudulent transactions on division two surpassed 70% and was approaching 90%, which oh is an odd God. way of saying 80%. Sophisticated hackers were creating Epic accounts, buying Ubisoft games with stolen credit cards and selling their linked Uplay accounts faster than we were disabling linked Uplay purchases for the fraud. Fraud rates on other Epic stores titles are under 2% and Fortnite is under 1%. So 70% fraud was an extraordinary, an extraordinary situation. To stop the fraud, we disabled purchasing of Ubisoft games. We will make our best efforts to restore service as quickly as we can. This depends on a real-time system for disabling refund and fraudulent purchases on Uplay and anti-fraud improvements on Epic service. This, will, this work will likely take at least two weeks to complete. The oh fraud in the situation is entirely, the fault in this situation is entirely Epic's and all of the minimum revenue guarantees remain in place to ensure our performance i'm sorry for the trouble tim sweeney epic games um fuck <laughs> that's hilarious that that's public um it's funny that's down writing too the fault in this situation is entirely epics wow mm -hmm. yep wow 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 um, uh i only have two more things here um <laughs> Uh, as the call was beginning, it was done as a phone call um, because the uh, justice system in America is uh, 
tends to be quite slow in adopting new technologies, such as conference calls. They do it sometimes, but they don't always do it when they don't know if it's going to go right all the time, which is weird because they're two tech companies, but like it's, I guess it's up to the justice system to decide. Um, so they did it over landline phone calls as a conference call. Um, that like that like it still means it's public. You can still call up a number to listen in on the trial because everyone's talking into a landline. You can then get that directed to your phone if you wanted to listen to it. Um, harder if you're overseas, but they don't care about that. Um, what this means though is what what they okay. So what they forgot to do is they forgot to they forgot to mute everybody who called up that number. No, they didn't. So this is another article from Tom Warren at The Verge. Um, I just want to make sure that it is Tom. Yep, sure is. More than 200 participants were dialed into the public line with many screaming free Fortnite or bring back Fortnite on a mobile, please judge. Others played Travis Scott tunes, shut it away or advertise the YouTube channels. The trial was supposed to begin at 11.15 a.m. The court clerks could be heard attempting to mute participants multiple times. Unsuccessfully, at, at 11.30 a.m., silence finally fell on the line in preparation for the court to hear Epic Games CEO Tim Sweeney today. Um, That's very people funny. People were screaming obscenities into a, into a courtroom. People, are, uh, apparently kids on Discord were calling up the number via Discord because you can do that. Um, just just hilarious. Video games are what stupid. Fast. Um, the final... The final little tidbit. Um, this one came out about like an hour before we started recording, um, because uh, day three oh, is yeah. is is currently um, uh, in progress, I believe. Um, this is from Imogen Beckelling at Rock Paper Shotgun. Walmart's unannounced cloud gaming service leaked in Epic versus Apple trial. <laughs> Walmart. This is just a, this is just a snippet from the article. Confidential emails found amongst the court documents detail Walmart's plans for their cloud gaming service, Project Storm, <laughs> which they pitched to Epic back in 2019. <laughs> they moved it over to a laptop in real time, video streaming. Hopped so like this, this is a, a later part of the article, but I, I grabbed this just to describe what the service is. Um, it's streaming games to your device. Um, to a phone. They also moved it over to a laptop in real time. Vast uh, video streaming hopped from phone to laptop instantly and I played it there too. Again, it was vastly superior to playing it on my daughter's Surface Pro laptop, the most expensive version, no less, or the crappy business laptop uh, they bought. They brought. This, I believe, comes from... Uh, this is a, a, a quote. Oh, I don't see who it's from. Uh, read an email sent by Epic Games co-founder Mark Rain. So, Holy shit. Um, so much just getting leaked. Um, it's it's going to keep on coming too. It's so much is going to keep coming. I'm going to quickly just refresh Reset Era just to make sure nothing <laughs> else has come out since. It's the kind of thing too where normally like, you know, companies don't do this because it's like, you know, uh, say if Epic leaked that email that... Um, no, if Sony leaked that email that um, Epic sent them, which they wouldn't do because Sony's quite secretive let's say Sony leaked it, that would mean that Epic would like start walking things back or start saying, hey, this, this is not meant to go public. We're not going to agree to your terms now or something like that. But mm. like, what are they going to do here? What are they going to do? This is the US justice system. Like, it's the courts. <laughs> what are they going to do? It's just like, fuck, it's done now. It's out of our hands. And now people on Forbes and the Washington Post and the Wall Street Journal are writing about it. What do we, we can't do anything to change this. It's just like, it's so funny. <laughs> it, it's honestly, it's honestly hilarious. Stuff like this never happens. Um, another thing that, that we saw recently, 
that I don't know why this came out, um, but something we saw recently was that, uh, and this this shouldn't shouldn't be surprised, but it was interesting to see. Uh, regardless, was Microsoft um, will do internal reviews of competitors' games um, as like 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 opposition research kind of, but market also research. just the, yeah, like market research. See what see what gamers are playing. See what other studios are making. See what's working for other studios, other companies, and so. Microsoft's internal game review of The Last of Us 2 um, it was released. Um, what was it? And it was very interesting to see somebody write a review knowing that it was only going to be seen by like 15, 20 people who were like, you know, execs at Microsoft, presumably people like Phil Spencer and stuff like that, um, so that they knew what The Last of Us 2 was all about. Um, because, you know, they're busy, they're busy people. They're not going to have time to play every game. Um, especially longer games as well. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I don't doubt that he probably has played Last of Us Two in some capacity. Um, but it was funny to see the basically the breakdown of what this game is, so he's at least aware of what his competition is doing. Um, and that entire review got um, leaked, and it's quite well written. <laughs> um, yeah. and it's it's just it's just <laughs> funny to see that kind of thing because, of course, they do that. I'm sure every major company and publisher will do that. Um, but it's funny to actually see it in yeah. such a secretive fucking industry. It reminds me of hearing about like dummy reviews where like um, companies making games would hire a writer to come in and review the game objectively before it was released so they yep. could understand what a rough critical reception it was going to receive before launch mm. and adjust some common complaints maybe or, or, or determine when the embargo date was going to be and things like that. Um, it's fascinating. It also reminds me of when news outlets accidentally publish an obituary of someone who's not dead yet um, because they have hundreds and hundreds of these pre-written um, uh, and occasionally, like rarely, one will get published um, by mistake and oftentimes when they do get published, it'll be like a big article that'll say the words, do not publish, and it'll be like <laughs> obituary of Queen Elizabeth the third or whatever or the second, um, and like you get to read the obituary of somebody who's still alive because of course they're gonna pre-write these; they're gonna die eventually. It's it's a pretty safe bet at one point they're gonna have to use this article, so yeah. why not just do it earlier, sooner rather than later? That way they can have it ready for when when she does croak, like they could just publish. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it kind of reminds me of that as well, but like a little bit different. So it'd be very interesting to see what happens in this one of a kind scenario going forward. How much more is going to be mishandled? There's still two more weeks of this trial. (laughs) There's still two more weeks. Yeah. I don't even know what to. Right. And like, and the thing is, it's like, it's just two billion, two billion dollar companies fighting. Epic isn't doing this for the good of developers. They're doing this no. for the good of their own bottom line. Yeah. Apple is certainly just doing it for their own bottom line. If, if Epic win and it, and it forces Apple to change their practices to let mm-hmm. smaller developers get a larger cut of their profits, that would be great. If they settle it to the point where Epic are the only ones who don't have to pay their larger cut because they want this out of court, then that sucks for everybody that is an Epic um, and Apple. And if Apple win, then it sucks for everybody anyway, apart from Apple. Um, so there's only one really good, and there's only one good solution for it. And it just happens to be 
a byproduct of what Epic is actually trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty messed up. It's pretty weird. It's pretty Metaverse, weird. Huh? Well, keep us updated. Yeah. <laughs> keep your ear to the ground, buddy. I've got, got six more hours of a, dep- of a deposition to listen to today. <laughs> deposition, good lord. Well, that's yeah, going to... It's not a deposition, but yeah. Good. That's going to about do it for us for this week. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks for coming along for the ride. Um, if you want to listen to this podcast, uh, you already have. <laughs> if you want to find more episodes of this podcast to listen to, you can go to minimap.com.au or your oh, podcast fuck. service of choice. I forgot what? there was one more thing I really wanted, really quickly wanted to talk about. Oh, okay. Really quick. It'll be like two minutes. Um, uh, today, announcement came out of the game journalism world that um, three members that have been there for close to 10 years and some over, to the, over the 10 years. Uh, Vinny, yeah, so so Vinny, Brad, and Alex, um, who are found, like basically foundation members of giantbomb.com have uh, announced that it's going to be there last week. Um, Jeff Gertzman, the only uh, original member left, um, has announced that for the for the next month they're going to be restructuring the company to turn it into something new. Um, it's uh, an extremely end of an era for games industry, uh, for games journalism in that regard, um, and games media, um, because these are the basic. These are basically the oldest people in the industry now. They've been around the longest. Jeff imported Ocarina of Time to play it um, before the American launch of that game, for example, um, like been around that long, mm. been around before E3 was E3 back when it was CES. Um, I, I, there's like, I think there's like four people who have been to every E3. <laughs> um, Jeff is one of them. <laughs> um, so it's uh, the end of the end of an era for a, a, a very important, um, section of games media. Um, Giant Bomb is one of the reasons that I'm doing this right now and it is it is quite sad. Um, not because Giant Bomb is ending, because it's not, um, but because Giant Bomb, as I know it, is now no longer going to be what it is and that is that is sad a little bit. Mm. Um, but, like, that is a... It is a very, like... It, it, it's it's a, it's a pretty big change um, for games media and like seeing the amount of people that are in games media come out today in support of like, like, in the, and it, there's no, like, I want to be very clear that there's, there's, there seem to be no issues in between the people that are leaving and the people who are not leaving. Um, it seems very amicable in terms of the people that are leaving want, want to just, it's time for them to do something else. Um, but it's very, very different um, for what has been a, constant of my entire adult life um so that is that has been quite sad um but yeah it's very strange to consider yeah i um i remember when kind of funny went through a bit of a shake-up and i hadn't realized how much i'd been listening to them like every day for like weeks by that point it hadn't been used by mm. then but when they had that shake-up i was like oh my god this part of my life that I rely on is changing and adapting and I don't know what it's going to be and I don't know if everyone's going to be okay and uh, it's a big deal mm. and, yeah, and, I'm excited and, to see how they how they turn things around if they change things what they what they adapt with yeah and and it's funny because like they have a lot of like they have a lot of shows on Giant Bomb where they they go and watch old they'll go and play like an old demo disc of a game or they'll go and watch old E3 videos or something like that and 
they'll see games that they haven't thought about since they first played them back when they first came out, like maybe like 15 years ago. And what they'll be able to do because they've been around for so long is they can look at Siphon Filter. They can look at like Panzer Dragoon or whatever, go, oh yeah, I remember that game. Then they'll go on GameSpot.com back when they all worked there, look at the original review for game for Panzer Dragoon, see that it was one of the people that are sitting on the couch at that moment <laughs> who wrote the review and then they'll be able to reread their own review to see what they thought about the game at the time because it has been just, they have just been doing it for such a long time. Um, it was like those guys and like Andy McNamara, who was mm. the editor-in-chief of Game Informer for... Until last year. For, for 20 years or something. and Yeah, until like until last year now, yeah. Um, and now he works at EA, I think. Um, th- they used to joke and call Andy the load-bearing wall of games journalism. <laughs> the load-bearing um, wall. The load-bearing wall. Um, <laughs> just because he, he was just always there. Yeah. Um, and now it's like, at the moment, it's Jeff... Just Jess Kurtzman. Yeah. Still a threat. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, games are getting old, huh? <laughs> yep. Yep. So. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll, it'll be interesting to see what they do next. Absolutely. Mm. Um, in terms of what we're going to do next, we're going to end the podcast. Uh, sure. If you want to follow us on Twitter to see what we're up to, you can go to twitter.com slash minimapau for the minimap account. Uh, Jeremy's Twitter account is... At Obi Wan Jez. June's Twitter account is. June S G N underscore E double S. Uh, my Twitter account is KJ Palmer underscore 24. Uh, and if you want to support the podcast or the website or us monetarily, you can also do that through patreon.com slash minimapau. Uh, if you have enjoyed what you've listened to today, you want to support us, you can always do the rating like I mentioned earlier at the start of the episode. But if you want to throw us some money, you can do it there too. Uh, it helps, helps us out. Uh, until next week when we discuss our favorite game controllers um, or not next week but next episode uh, we'll see you next time thanks for listening we came out